everybody, and welcome to episode number 184 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This episode of the podcast is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. We got the whole crew here tonight, including a surprise last-minute entrant, Brian, Adam, Trey, all three of us here with you this evening. First up, uh, let's welcome in Adam. Adam, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing good, Ryan. Uh, any day I get to drive a fairly new tractor around the field and enjoy luxury like I don't have on any of my other pieces of equipment in my house or anywhere, yeah, I know. It's a pretty good day. How are you tonight? I'm doing well for the most part. Got some bad shoulder pain for some reason. That's uh, got me a bit down. But uh, hey, uh, may, maybe uh, a good evening of talking CFL football is just what the doctor ordered. And uh, well, it's an extra special treat. We thought we were going to be without him tonight, but uh, uh, he just missed us too much. He goes away on vacation, but m- can't miss the pod. And I respect that. So uh, joining us here this evening as well is Trey. Trey. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Had a beautiful day at the Calgary Zoo. Took the sea train. Uh, ready to talk some football. Uh, going to the game on Friday here in Calgary. Should be a good one. I know Adam's probably going to be watching that one to see <laughs> the playoff implications uh, it has on his Rough Riders. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man, in Alberta right now. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we're here live on a Thursday night for the first time this season. And uh, programming note, it's going to be Thursday nights for the preview show the rest of the way. We've got a couple scheduling conflicts. It's hard to do all the fantasy and betting stuff when the now the first games of the week aren't till Friday or Saturday. So, you, you know, we don't get the uh, the info all out there. So Thursday nights, not Wednesday nights, the rest of the way here for us. And, uh, hey, Guys, no matter how bad this show goes tonight, this is still going to be the most exciting Thursday night football-related content currently happening this particular Thursday. Because uh, if you were watching Thursday night NFL football, yeah, it is a bit of a snooze fest right now. Is it that bad again? Let's put it this Uh, way. If if you're watching this or watching the Thursday night football game instead of us, Gull, bro, just bless you because I mean, you really, really like football. Three oh, nothing man. going into the halftime tray. Do I even want to know who has the three? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the Washington football team and the Chicago Bears. I can't get much better, eh? Take yeah, this, this might, you know, take. This, this is the best thing we could do for the podcast is go Thursday night. We always talk about, you know, the CFL schedule. Should they move it up a month? Don't fight the NFL. Go ahead up against it. We're going up against Thursday night football the rest of the way. And if the last two weeks are any track record, uh, I think we've got a decent shot. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our poll of the week, I think, led to a bit of an interesting debate that we'll hash out here. Uh, we'll preview each of the games from week number 19 in the CFL, talk our CFL fantasy options, make our picks against the spread, and also uh, take your comments and questions in the chat throughout the night. All thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca or by following on Facebook, facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Uh, before we dive right into things, also like to take a moment to thank another sponsor for the episode of the podcast, which is BetStamp. 
there are so many different sports books out there these days, and each one offers you different prices on the same games. Help you find the best value. Uh, Betstamp shows you all the odds for all of the different sports books for a particular game. You can find the ones you like the best and uh, make your picks according to that. And uh, if you find a site you like, you can sign up for it directly through the Betstamp bet link page. Link your accounts and easily track your wagers. Get some analytics on them. Help you improve your betting game. If you want extra insight as well, you can check out the commission-free marketplace on the BetStamp app where you can see the bets that others are making. And you get the guarantee through their verified bet tracking that the odds are verified and legitimate. You can find our consensus CFL picks we'll be making here this evening under the username CF Countdown Pod. You can also see Trey's individual betting endeavors over at Trey CF Countdown on there as well. Uh, visit betstamp.app or download the app from your local app store. Make sure you sign up with referral code CFC. Let them know we sent you. It helps grow the show. Uh, and start using Betstamp today. Best of luck with your wagers. And remember, always bet responsibly. So, guys, let's get right into it and start off with our poll of the week this week, which was a, a debate that originated uh, between all of us at about midnight a couple nights ago, a very late night heated discussion between the crew. Uh, and it all centers around the uh, return of Nathan Rourke to practice for the BC Lions, uh, a guy who has been out for a while, Hall of Famer Nathan Rourke, a uh, huge start to the career. A tough injury. Many thought he was done for the year. Now all of a sudden he could be showing up in time for the playoffs. There's talk him, Brian Burnham, and Lucky Whitehead could all be back by the end of the regular season. So we have the question here of the week. If Nathan Rourke is cleared to play and is mentally ready, does he start in the playoffs? Adam, I believe you qualified this also with uh, full participant in practice before the end of the season but not in game action till the playoffs. We took a poll on Twitter. 87% of people said, yes, Nathan Rourke should play in the playoffs. Uh, we've got, we got a couple of good comments to, to go along with it. Uh, but while I pull those up, let's get your guys' takes on this first. Uh, Adam, I believe you lean towards yes, so you tell us why. Yeah, no, I'm leaning towards yes, because I mean, I, I understand if you get hurt, and all of a sudden you think you're going to lose everything because of it? Well, not really. My way of looking at it is if you're a GM and your guy is cleared to play, he's mentally ready to play, he plays. He's getting a CFL contract. He still can be earning bigger money. Let's face it. If you're a quarterback, you strive. you got to live for these opportunities uh, to be a leader and be a starter in the playoffs and lead your team to victory. That's the main game of this. It's one game. If you've got Nathan Rourke, I think you've got a way better chance of winning a game than if you put in Vernon Adams Jr. or if you put in the uh, uh, other any other quarterback uh, for the BC Lions. So to me, yes, this is the option that you got. If you got Nathan Rourke, if you got Lucky Whitehead back, and if you got Brian Burnham back, play them all. You play your best team uh, in playoff time, right? Yeah, I just wanted to get, uh, take a quick moment to welcome in anybody joining us live during the intermission of MWJHL action on the Game Time TV network. So we're happy to have you here join us. If you want to catch the rest of the show later on after the hockey game, uh, go search up the Canadian Football Countdown on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. 
Uh, we do this twice a week. Recaps on Mondays, previews on Thursdays, talking a lot of CFL football. Uh, so we got your take there, Adam. Let's go over to you, Trey. You were on the opposite side of this one, and, and pretty passionately so. So uh, why why not? Why should Nathan Rourke not play in the playoffs? My definition is 100% clear. You know, we see guys play injured in playoffs all the time, right? So is he actually healthy 100% or is he healthy enough to play? That's my difference of opinion. So if he's 100 percent without a doubt, okay, play the kid. But if he's like that, oh, I can play, but it's still sore. Oh, maybe I shouldn't. Oh, the doctor said maybe an extra week or two. Then I'd say no and a passionate no, like Ryan added, because do you really think he needs one playoff game against Calgary to prove anything more? Is that really going to be the difference? Maybe if he went go wins three in the row in a row on the road, then okay, you could put him in that echelon. But I don't think his contract next year is going to be based off of what happens against Calgary in the West semifinals. So I think if I was what did I say in the group chat? If I was his agent, I'd say find a hobby then for the next five four months, and then just worry about football next year, man. Regardless if it's south of the border or north of the border, but. Like you said, if he's a hundred hundred percent, then fine. I have no problem with it. Well, but again, it's so hard to debate a hundred percent, right? I mean, talk to Cody Fajardo for those games when he was hurt against Toronto. He said, "I am ready to go. I want to play." Did the doctors clear him? Yes. So in that case, how do you tell your starting quarterback and the guy that could be the future franchise of your of your team? Nope, you ain't going in there. If you've got any reason that he's hurt, or if your doctor says, eh, then maybe you hesitate and you don't put him in. But if the guy says, I'm ready to go, the doctor says he's cleared and he's able to go, to me, I think that you got to let him go. See, that's, that's your point. You're saying if, I guess we're assuming we know Nathan work because my other side is, I would, as a GM, if you said to the kid, oh, I want you to go play, even though it might risk your health, that could off put a player. You know what I mean? I, it could. Now, Nathan Rourke looks like the kind of guy, like I said, I think we were, months ago when he hurt himself, I think I was <laughs> passionately in the group chat saying, oh, look at that kid. He's got his helmet on. He's obviously not playing. He's obviously done for the year. He's still up there talking to everybody, and that's the guy he is. But I'm looking at it from also the money standpoint. If I'm his agent making 10% off of his income, I'm telling him not to play. But, you know, if him as Nathan Rourke, every player wants to play. You're right, Adam. For the most part, but it's yeah, so tough. But, it, it, but again, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying, Atreo, in this thing here, it's not the GM's decision. I'm saying is, is Nathan Rourke saying that he's 100 percent ready to go? Is the doctor saying he's ready to go? If that's the that's case, fair. then that's, that's a coaching fair. decision, right? Not the general manager's decision. I don't think. I don't think any general manager should ever step. And I know it happens, but no GM should really step in and say, "Hey, kid, you're playing." That that's not that's not the way it should go. It, in an injury like this, it's is the guy 100% ready to go and mentally ready to go because that's a big part of this is being mentally ready to possibly take a hit and be injured again. The second well, part is, right? Sorry, I was always going to say, do you think Nathan Rourke after two, three months off would even, like you still think he'd be better than VA who's been playing in game? Yeah, no, okay. I think he will Okay, be. then but, but I, I've again, been leaning more and more to yes. I have been. You, you've convinced me more and more yes, but it's still that whole... See, we talked about this with Caleros, you know, with his head injuries. Should he have even come back in 2019? 
But to him, I'd say, yeah, because he was 33 at the time, not a lot of time left. This kid's 24 at best, 25. But I, I'm leaning more – again, it's up to the kid. The kid's going to do what he wants to do. I, and you're right, it's not a GM decision. But again, at the, at this, when it's this kid, the GM does sometimes put his foot down when it comes to the OV of the team or the Crosby of the team or the Tom Brady of the team and says, no, 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 we're not going to do this because this is the guy who's going to be selling jerseys and tickets in 10 years, hopefully. Right. But, but you're right. Yep. If they go, you know, If they go and win the Great Cup, that I think that would even be even bigger than what Winnipeg did in 2019. So, there are you know. so many different layers to this. Like you, you have to take into account, uh, and we did, we've already amongst ourselves discussed all these things, right? There are chances in the playoffs. You got to face Calgary. You got to <laughs> go and face Winnipeg. Uh, you got to go and face whoever's going to the you know the Grey Cup out east. If you go all that way, it's a tough road to get there. You also have to take into account this future opportunities. If you're the BC Lions. Maybe you're thinking you don't have much more Nathan Rourke. This is all you've got out of him. You know, is he going to go to the NFL? Is he going to sign elsewhere for a lucrative contract? Is he going to be more likely to sign at some Saskatchewan, Adam says? Is he going to be more likely to sign somewhere else if he is 100% ready to go and you say, no, we're going to keep you out and go with VA, right? Um, And at the same time, then the other layer is, you know, is his NFL shot hurt if he doesn't come back because there's the question marks around his injury. Whereas if he can come back, play a dominant football game. Okay. People are back on the Nathan Rourke train. So I think there's so many different layers to this that I don't know if there's a right answer. Like I lean towards yes as well. Uh, That's, I think he's, you know, the best quarterback in the league arguably right now. I think he gives them the best chance to win as well. And if he's healthy and ready to go, he's at this point in his career, he's going to want to go out and prove it to prove his shot, whether it's for the BC Lions going forward for another CFL team, the NFL, whatnot. Uh, A couple other comments we got uh, over on Twitter from this poll as well. Uh, Chris saying, why not? Uh, Before injury, he was very effective. Adams Jr. is a worthy quarterback, but Rourke has to be given a chance to lead this team from where he left off. Yeah, it's the same thing. You never want to see a guy lose his job due to injury, right? Uh, Pigsky and Punk saying no reason not to if you're cleared. And uh, Will from the Argos Fancast saying, I still think he gives them the best chance to win against Calgary. So, yeah, it's an interesting debate. This one was a real fun one because I see where you're coming from here originally, Trey, with with the other side of this uh, to, you know, protect the guy. He's got a long career ahead of him, hopefully. See, I come from uh, I I come from the other five or four major sport leagues where you see guys sit out all the time because of these things. Maybe not as much NFL, but you see it NBA, MLB a lot where guys have injuries and maybe they can come back a month early, but they just say screw it and sit out and they're getting paid off of disability checks, whatever, whatever. Anyway, right? So it doesn't matter to them. And I see Richard in the comments. No, it has nothing to do with them beating Winnipeg. I still think. I think the home team will win no matter what when it comes to the playoffs. So whoever hosts the West semis, home team will win. And whoever goes to Winnipeg will most likely lose. But I'm just thinking it's just tough because we put this guy on such a pedestal. He's in Ryan's Hall of Fame already. You know what I mean? You don't want him tearing something more potentially. And then it just was he's the one or half a year wonder. That's, I think, why my big concern is he's not even a one year wonder, right? He's what, six, seven-week wonder? So, 
it's one of those behind door things where I'm almost like if I'm Randy Ambrosi, I'm wondering if I'm calling the BC Lions front office every day too to be like, so is this guy playing or not? You know, because we should market this or not market this or do this or that. Because it, once if he gets in there, like I said, if he runs the tables and does three in the road in Calgary, Winnipeg, and then Regina, a team who plays in the dome normally going into the three three of the coldest cities in Western Canada. Winning and frost, snow, sleet, whatever against Willie Jefferson, against you know the Calgary defense, I'll I'll put him in the Hall of Fame. I'll put him in the Hall of Fame after that injury and everything. But if he goes out, throws, looks off, looks bad, looks like Bo Levi can throw a ball better than him, I'll be like, ah, he should have sat out. Well, and it's a couple interesting comments here in the chat as well from Richard. If he's not ready to go, it's very cruel to dangle it in front of us. I think part of that could also be gamesmanship and strategy. You're playing Winnipeg twice here down the stretch and potentially again in the playoffs. Now for Winnipeg and Calgary are opening up. Okay. We're not just preparing for VA. Now we got to prepare for Nathan Rourke or VA as well. Right. So I think there's some gamesmanship to that. I also totally agree that, you know, the return of Nathan Rourke can boost the team's confidence a whole ton. Right. Like he was clearly the lifeblood of that team early on in the season. So uh, I, I think this is going to be an interesting thing here to monitor on, on Nathan Rourke the rest uh, over the next couple of weeks to see what they do with him. Uh, Adam, any final thoughts uh, from you on this one before we move on? Yeah, you know what? I, I look at Nathan Rourke, and I, I get where you're coming from, Trey, on this, because if you look at the NHL even, I mean, how many guys get pulled off of the ice and not play a game because they're going and waiting for trade deadline to hit? I believe right? Brian's team does that too, where they do a little cheating with that, don't they? Oh, I think they just, uh, how is it called? Strategic Cap Circumvention. It's, uh, oh. Show me the rule book. Show, get out the highlighter. Show me the rule that the, that they're breaking there. James. It's only because a Southern team does it, so Gary Bettman looks the other way, right? So Well, that and also, you know, you try that with either the CRA or the IRS, and I don't think they allow that uh, circumvention. But, you know, anyway, I'll move on on that. But, um, Atreya, the only thing is I look at this a little different. The, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I think, arguably, was Doug Flutie, right? A young guy. He was in the league for very little time and absolutely lit it up. But the thing was, you didn't go and try to wrap him in a in a, in a uh, bubble wrap. You didn't do anything with Flutie. You just sent him out there and he won you a game. So I think Nathan Rourke, and again, I haven't seen him really. He's proven six games that he is the guy and he's a pretty good, he's a pretty darn good quarterback. But hasn't proved nothing in the playoffs yet he hasn't proved that he's he hasn't won any league to, uh records really yet i mean has a couple individual records but nothing for serious amounts of uh big big records he should have probably if he would have played a whole season this year never know but he hasn't done a whole lot in the cfl yet in all honesty and he hasn't won that big game either if you want to remember winnipeg beat bc the first time they played so nathan rourke i know we've been praising him and putting him in the hall of fame and getting him ready for his induction ceremony and all, but maybe we got to pump the brakes a little bit on that and let the kid go and earn his merit a little bit. But again, if he's healthy, I'm not saying do it. If he's not healthy, he's still in the hall of fame. No matter what. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even want to go to the previews, but can I just make a slight tangent? Speaking of Doug Flutie, how does the Simpsons market the CFL better? Like how does the Simpsons do that? Like, they've made so many Canadian references. Like there's the back to Winnipeg. There's doesn't, they go to Winnipeg to steal prescription drugs or something. Lisa goes to Ottawa, meets Trudeau. Like there's all these great Canadian references and the CFL pops up multiple times. How does that happen? That the CF, like the Simpsons does it better. 
Why is there two 50s? Oh, dang, I made the CFL field. That is comic gold. Shut up, Flutie. I don't care if the writers are Canadian or not or one is. That's marketing gold, man. And, like, the CFL, like, again, if I'm Randy Ambrosi, I'm calling whatever, 20th Century Fox or Disney or whoever owns the Simpsons now and being like, man, can we do more of this? I will do anything to get more of this. It was incredible. I I mean, I've never watched an episode of The Simpsons, I'll admit, but I I loved it. That was fantastic. It all started with that CFL draft one from a few years ago, right? Like, or something, and just every so often, a great CFL reference comes up. Even Family Guy made a reference, and they always kind of crap on us, but it's still a good reference, right? Like, You know what? Any exposure with that kind of stuff, especially with like a major thing like The Simpsons, how the heck are you not doing this all the time? And then they throw, they want to do it. And they throw a guy in like Flutie, right? Like, you know, anyway. I I love that time when they're like, oh, well, we're off to back to Winnipeg. They're all loading a bus ready to go in the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on the side of the bus. Then they win the Grey Cup that year. I mean, come on. I've only heard Winnipeg twice on TV and there was an episode where the office went to Winnipeg and that was unreal. And other than that, Simpsons, man, like who goes to Winnipeg? No, we we were born here. Nobody comes here. We're just born here. Right. (laughs) That's the saying or something like that. All right. Let's talk about the game previews for this week. And let's, uh, we got a rematch. First of all, the Montreal Alouettes uh, and the Ottawa Red Blacks in Ottawa with uh, the Red Blacks trying to keep their season alive. Once again, this week, Montreal, I think trying to get a win to clinch a home playoff game here. Uh, Adam, what's the major storyline for this game for you? I think it's probably time that the Ottawa Red Blacks get some real big demon off of their uh, off of them, or else they just will not make the playoffs. I mean, they have to win this game, no matter what happens. It's a must win now, or else you're done. Uh, and guess what? They've got to play at home. And I think the big storyline in this game has been Ottawa's home record, which is abysmal since. When was the last time they won at home again? I can't even remember, to be honest with you. Uh, Nevertheless, I think that's one of the big storylines in this. And the other thing is, for both of these teams, uh, for me, I'm going to be watching the uh, penalties coming into toll again. Last week, we thought maybe Montreal had started to improve this. They were terrible at it last week. I think 128 yards of penalties again. Uh, Not good for them. And Ottawa did the same thing. They were over 120 yards of penalties. So both teams need to improve on penalties to me. Uh, Ottawa needs to go and play like they are at home for once. Uh, they have got a lot of injuries, I know, as well, including William Powell, who is back for one game and is back on the injury list. So not good for them. The other thing also that was really important with Ottawa, sorry, Trey. <laughs> no, that helped my fantasy out. I had no idea what to do. I had no idea what to do when Ryan texted me that. I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> the other one also I think is going to be watched a little bit harder this week is Justin Hardy. Had a huge game against Montreal last week, so that'll be watched a little bit more. And I'm sure there'll be a few Justin Hardy uh, things coming up over in fantasy later on. Uh, the other thing I guess I'm going to watch in this game is a little bit of William Stanback. Didn't have a great game on his first one against the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks last week. I want to see him have a bounce back game and uh, just kind of tear up a little bit of Ottawa field. Uh, and on their way to the chance of Castillo to get to the East Final for uh, for Montreal. So both teams are playing for something. It should be a good game. Trey? What are you looking for in this game? Uh, real quick to Rich in the comments. No, I didn't move. If you missed it, I'm on vacation. I'm in a hotel, man. This is a hotel. I'm in Calgary, you know, living life. But to the game, 
Um, you know, I really didn't think about it because I decided to join the show five minutes before we logged on. So I haven't really thought about much more than that. All I wanted to do is, oh, because I'm going to the other game on Friday. I kind of, I'm sorry, Adam, but just as a Manitoban, I kind of want to see the fire get a little hotter under Saskatchewan. So if Ottawa wins this, now they got two teams breathing down their neck who play each other twice, right? So if one of those two teams sweep that and Saskatchewan gets swept by Calgary, there's no home great cup, right? So that's what I'm looking at from an outside perspective in the actual game. I just want an East team to just like dominate once. So I don't care if it's Ottawa, Ottawa string two wins together, get your home win, do something. I don't care. You fired Lapo. You got a big win. Let's see if this guy gets another one. And if I'm Montreal, I'd go all out and get, make sure Gary and uncle Gary doesn't get, get caught lying on Twitter again. You know, he guarantees wins, but he's got technically he's lied eight times uh, on the season. If you count every loss, right? So let's not make it a ninth Montreal. And get some momentum. I've been saying that all year. I want an East team to get some momentum. Because other than Toronto having the luxury of having a bye, this is another side tangent a little bit. Can we really give any East chance, or East team, a, like a good chance? Unless, except for that lucky one game in the Great Cup, maybe? I don't even know who you would pick. It's it, Ryan's going to have to get a coin and do a three-way flip with these three teams to see who represents the East, maybe. Or a triad, I don't know, maybe like a, a Dungeons and Dragons die or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, something. I don't know. I just, I want to see something out of these two quarterbacks. I want Trevor Harris to either take over a game. And Arbuckle's in in Ottawa, right? I need him to take over a game. One of the two guys. These are two guys who have kind of, I'd put them on the same level in the CFL. Maybe that low second, high third tier, somewhere in there. Maybe. I don't know. There's only nine starting quarterbacks. So if I'm not, if they're not the third tier, where the heck do you put them? <laughs> like in the, so um, yeah, I want to see one of them do it, man. Hey, I just wanted to bring this up real quick before Ryan, uh, the way to figure out uh, first, second or third in the uh, East, if any of the, which team is going to make the great cup, if it lands heads, it's first team. If it lands tails, it's second team. And if it lands straight up and down, it'll be the third place team. Yeah, guys, and what I happens just, for Saskatchewan to get there? It just doesn't land on anything. The coin has it to just disappear. floats in air. <laughs> guys, I just learned how to flip a coin on the show like three weeks ago. Don't make me try to figure out how to flip a three-sided coin. Uh, for me in this game, I'm watching a lot of what you guys already talked about. It's going to be which side's depth delivers for me. I mean, Ottawa, they got to go on a run here down the stretch, and they're beat up. I mean, no Jalen Acklin, no Nate Bahar, no Devontae Dedman. William Powell and Devontae Williams are both out, so Jackson Bennett's going to start at running back. You've got a guy, name escapes me right now, uh, that we'll talk maybe a bit more during fantasy later, making his first career start at wide receiver. Uh, to fill in as well like your top two receivers this week are really Darvin Adams and Justin Hardy and Hardy's a guy who's played five six games for them so I I don't I'd like to think they're going to spread the ball around a little more so he's not getting 13 targets more than basically almost everybody else combined on the team but uh, I don't know it seems like they're going to have to lean on these these younger guys to deliver a win here for them to keep it alive and on the other side of things, the key one for me is, yeah, how is William Stanback going to perform? You know, was he kind of on a bit of a lower workload last week to ease him back in? Are they going to go full throttle with Stanback this week? 
And who's going to become that secondary wide receiver because Reggie White Jr. is now out, I think, on the six-game injured list for them. So is this the return of Jake Winicky? finally? Are we back, do we potentially see Winicky step up and, and take on that big performance that we've seen from him in the past couple of seasons? Or is this a breakout time for Tyson Philpott, who's been kind of a backup wide receiver slash kick returner? and is now in a starting role on the depth chart. So I'm very intrigued to see these guys because I think it's going to be one, uh, it's going to be a young receiver on either side of this matchup, uh, whether it's Hardy, whether it's, you know, Phil Pot, somebody else that we're not even talking about right now. I think somebody's going to step up and have a big game here to, to lead their team to a win. And if Ottawa can just please get that home home win. Right. Like I, I'm not going to uh, spoiler for later on the show. I'm probably not going to pick them to do so until it happens here, but they got to do it. They got to do it at least once. They got to do it twice in order to. Yes. Just before we move on. Sorry. I wanted to add something, but I didn't know if you were done or not. Oh, that's okay. Go for it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's about this game related. They played on Monday. They have a four day turnaround to play again. And we were just joking earlier about the Thursday nighter in the NFL being garbage. Does that not say something about the CFL? Like, watch this game be absolutely amazing. If it's better than 7-6, which the Washington-Chicago game is, how do CFL players able to turn around on four days, but, oh, I get paid $10 million and I can't turn around on four days? How do you do that? That's just one quick point I want to throw on this. I know it's a back-to-back. They probably shared the plane, you know, whatever. But, you know, I would even fly to Ottawa and Montreal. I don't know. But anyway, you know, these guys are turning around on four hour or four days. That's insane. Yeah, it's a very quick turnaround time in this one for them. And it's one of those weird scheduling quirks. I feel like they had this last season as well around the Thanksgiving time. I think they always play a doubleheader around Thanksgiving, it seemed. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, Ottawa and Montreal. But uh, yeah, short turnaround time. So if Stanback needed to be eased into it last week, is he going to be fully ready to go? 100% usage in this game? I don't know. I'm not sold on it necessarily, but we'll we'll talk a little more about that later on as well. Uh, next up, we've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats at the Calgary Stampeders. I know this one's Friday night because I know you're going to this game here, Trey. Uh, you ever been to McMahon Stadium before? No, sir. I As long as I actually go to the game, I just got one more stadium in the West to go to, and that would be Commonwealth. So pretty excited about that. So I've, yeah. Never been to Old Mosaic. I wish I could say I went to a game at Old Mosaic. Like I said, I just was able to pee on it before it got tore down. Um, but New Mosaic, been there a couple of times. BC plays one great cup. And now hopefully this. The East is weird. How do I consider this? I went to an Argo game in Rogers Center. And I went to a TFC game in BMO. Like, does that count? And I went to a Hamilton Bomber game at Iverwin. So I don't know how to count the East. But the West, I've been to a few. Yeah, no, I know. I went to uh, uh, the old Winnipeg Stadium. That was that was interesting, Canada. And then I've been to IGF, and uh, I love Canada. I missed that. Actually, my girlfriend, you know, if, if I was, there. I was Canada... driving down by Polo, and I was like, you know, the old Bomber Stadium used to be right there where the tar old Target is. She didn't even know what Target was there, but there's a Canada. I was like, yeah, Canada Stadium's right there. Rip the football Winnipeg Stadium Target. was there. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't great, but yeah. You know, if you've been to Canada and you were pretty much like you were at Taylor Field, it was not much different, to be honest with you. Uh, I feel bad for Hooters, man. Once once the stadium got tore down, Hooters' business must have just fell yeah. off, man. 
but yeah, I've been to McMahon before. And last time I think I was there, uh, I'm not allowed to talk about that game ever again, my therapist told me. Anyways, uh, yeah, you know which one, Trey. You think about that. Anyways, yeah, we don't need to tap our head either. Uh, this game here, uh, speaking of, I mean, let's face it, this one has huge playoff implications this week. Hamilton found a run game somewhere during uh, last week. I don't know where they found that. But uh, Wes Hillis, Hills, uh, looked looked really good. Uh, we'll see if Hamilton decides to do this again. It'll be very tough, though, against that Calgary defense, which has been very stingy over the last few weeks. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be mainly looking forward to in this game on the Hamilton side of the football. And on the Calgary side of the football, I want to see them do like Winnipeg just did. I want to see them absolutely take it to a team. Uh, this would be a great game for them to take it to uh, a team. Not saying anything about why, but, you know, it would be nice if Calgary absolutely went, just laid 48 to nothing on Hamilton, took all momentum out of their sails, so they never win another game all season. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, but, uh, no, really, in all honesty, I want to see Kadeem Carey kind of really dominate the line of scrimmage and make some really big plays. Uh, and I'm also looking to see uh, if Calgary can just get some more momentum going over on the receiving side of the ball. Yes, Jake Mayer has done a pretty good job of managing the football, but uh, I, I think he needs to work with other guys that aren't named Malik Henry a little bit. He needs to get some balls. Maybe he can get Kamar Jordan somehow going in this game. Both he of those guys are actually out to due to injury. So it's uh, a lot of younger receivers. Like you got Sean Bain in there. Uh, Odin Dukes is in there as a starter. Hakuna uh, Vanu. So a lot of younger names in there. Yeah. So it, it, that's the other thing, though. If you're going to be the new quarterback of the Sam Peters, work towards getting some of your younger receivers going with you as well. Uh, he was relying a little bit heavily. I had always thought of Malik Henry. I know you said he's out this week. Uh, but again, get some more momentum with some other receivers, get some chemistry built because you're in about three weeks. You're in the, you're in the big trenches and yeah, it's uh it's playoff time. So nice to see uh, Jake Mayer get some big points this week. And like I say, the other thing is Calgary. I want to see them just dominate a team. Uh, it, it's the Ticats. The Ticats did not look good in a must-win game against Saskatchewan last week. Yes, they have got they got it done, but they didn't look good last week. So I'd like to see Hamilton maybe, uh, again, they're good at running the ball. They still have a rash of injuries over on the receiving side of the football, so that's not good for them. But that being said, let's see Hamilton try to get some moment, more momentum going with the run game get Dane Evans somehow going because Dane Evans had a terrible game last week, even though again, they got the win. It was bad. Uh, so that's what I'm looking to see in these two games in this game here. Uh, Ryan, what are you looking at in this one? I'm going to go out and make a bold claim right now. If we look at the stat sheet after this game and West Hills has 20 or more carries in this game, I will pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats to represent the East division in the great cup this year. Because I think that's the exact model they used last season, right? Last season, they had no run game all season. They put Don Jackson in fresh legs down the stretch, cold weather football games. And he, he ran all over teams and they used him in the run game. They used him in the pass game and it just uh, took their offense to a new level down the stretch last season. I think they're following the exact same model here. And I said this was going to happen 
earlier in the season, I think as well, that this is what, or not necessarily that it was going to happen, but I was going to hope for this to happen. So yeah, I'm high on what they did with Wes Hills last week. Dane Evans didn't have a great game, but he didn't need to because they ran the ball. They finally found the balanced offense. You don't need them to throow 300 yards. 350 yards and three touchdowns if you run the ball look at the bombers zach Oleros, yeah you want to debate the merit of his mop season he's thrown what two three 300 yard games because he doesn't need to because winnipeg runs a balanced offense and same thing with jake mayer and kadeem carry over in calgary so that's the big thing for me is give west hills the ball and i think the tie cats are can be as good as a team as anybody here uh, down the stretch. So that's the big key for me on the Hamilton side, on the Calgary side, they came in, they had the bye week. They're coming out of the bye week. You know, Calgary is always good coming off a bye. Uh, they held Toronto to two points going into the bye week, the team that is the class of the East division. So this is a defense that's made a lot of big plays, but I think has also kind of given up a lot of big plays at times this season. So as much as you talk about the, uh, you know, the receivers stepping up for Calgary. I want to see if they can do this again, because that's my biggest concern. If I look at the field of Winnipeg versus BC versus Calgary out West in the playoffs, my biggest concern for Calgary is that defense that uh, hasn't looked fantastic at times this year in big games. So come out of the bye week and show me you can do it again is the theme for me for both of these teams. Uh, what about you, Trey? Yeah, I'm going to, Take what you said and even what Richard kind of said in the uh, comments about if Hamilton and Montreal get their run games going, you know, watch out East. I'd be less shocked if Hamilton or Montreal made the Great Cup than if BC Calgary did. And I'm only going to say because the Weiss is going to beat up each other, you, you know, I, I would be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be overly surprised if one of those two teams ended up beating Winnipeg, but I would be less surprised if either Montreal or Hamilton ended up beating Toronto in, you know, uh, BMO. But I just want the East to do something, and this is the game. I'm re- I would be really surprised. I think what the Lion was like seven or eight ish. We'll talk about that later. I'll be surprised if Hamilton loses by more than that. Like it, this is a must win game for them. They're and again, I'm not trying to be a blue bomber fan. I just want one year where three East teams actually make the playoffs. You know, let's actually have two. Like, if you want to have two divisions, <laughs> make sure the East Division is actually competing. So, but looking at the game, I want Dave Evans to do something, keep that run game going. A couple injuries on Calgary, like we were saying. Still, on, I'm not sure about Mayer. I mean, he's been okay, but is he really going to be Bo Levi 2.0? Probably not. <sighs> what did he get? 200,000 was his contract, roughly? Something like that? Or was that Corns? I I, th- I thought that was I thought it was four hundred fifty thousand. You got four fifty for Jake Mayer, I believe so. Yes. Oh, I'm done. Okay, I'm done talking. I don't want to talk no more. Can I can I can go out there and throw like he does? Can I get four hundred fifty thousand, man? Okay. I'm I mean, done. I've never seen you throw a football tray, but I done. don't know if you can throw quite done. as good as Jake. Mayer. He he's, gets four fifty. He's been good. He's been good for the San Peter. He's been the best quarterback on the roster all season. He unseated. Levi Mitchell, four fifty. I was thinking. I think I thought Nathan Rourke would get four hundred, four fifty, four fifty. Nathan Rourke's going to get Nathan what four hundred thousand then. Nathan Rourke will get about seven fifty to eight hundred thousand next year if he's in the CFL and he ends up winning a playoff game. I'll say that right. What, now. what does Claros get? Half mil, roughly. Five hundred fifty. I want to say. And he's the highest now, isn't he's he? The highest, right, Mike Riley retired. Nope, second highest actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Cody Fajardo right now, I think if with all bonuses, he would have got 610 mm. or 620. It's always, the, it's always the bonuses that get in there and, uh, and confuse I, me. I don't understand, man. I don't understand. I'm, I don't, this is wrapping. Oh man. I'm boggled for that. Nah, we can move on. I'm okay. <laughs> Perhaps a discussion topic for the off season quarterback yeah. contract, uh, comparing them was around it, the Cornelius league. must've got 200,000 or something. Then, Cause I thought I saw that. No, he got about 350 or something, didn't he? And don't forget, lots of that uh, with both uh, uh, Mayer and uh, with Cornelius, but some of that is guaranteed money. It's all guaranteed pretty much, or the second year or something, isn't it? Half of it or something. Or I don't think it. you can't guarantee a full contract, but only you can guarantee Kirk a Only Kirk Cousins gets that. Before we move on to the next game here, uh, uh, we did pull the folks because Trey, you are going to be in the uh, in the stands there to watch this game, and you wanted to know who you should cheer for. Uh, the poll results are in. The options were Calgary, Hamilton, the refs, and the White Rabbit. Uh, Calgary and the White Rabbit are tied, but Hamilton took the lead, so people want you to cheer for Hamilton. So, will you be cheering for the Tie Cats, or are you going or? If Andre Prue is the referee, are you going to overrule the poll? Okay, if it's Andre Prue, yes. But I was assuming Montreal, Ottawa, he'd be there, right? I I assumed, but I guess he wasn't there last week. I don't think. If he's there, it's Andre Prue all day. If not, oh, I might go with the White Rabbit. I want to see that white thing run around McMahon Stadium. I feel like that's happened a couple times. Otherwise, it was the Tie Cats. And again, I'm trying not to be the idiot bomber fan. I just don't want a crossover for once. Just once. If we're going to keep it two divisions, I need Hamilton or Ottawa to make the freaking playoffs, man. I, uh, what? And you know what? This is my question. I brought two hoodies. One was my bomber one, and the other one's my University of Winnipeg. And I got like uh, buffalo sauce all over my University of Winnipeg one. So it looks like I'm either wearing my Winnipeg hoodie or my Winnipeg jersey to McMahon Stadium and uh or or my nickelback one. That's about my nickelback <laughs> shirt. That's about all I got, man. I backed three shirts on a vacation. I think you I think you win the I think you wear the jersey. Grey Cup 19 jersey in McMahon Stadium. Okay, do I'll it, do that. Do okay. It. Okay. All right. I will fill out your, just make sure your will's well completed and filled out before you do this. On a side note on that poll, I didn't have enough burner accounts to make sure Calgary gets the lead. So The best today, I was leaving the Calgary Zoo, and I came across this guy, Rough Rider hat. We stared each other down for a good 15 seconds while I was walking to the sea train, and he's walking into the zoo, and I'm like, what is up, man? Even in Calgary, man, I'm starting problems. <laughs> I'm not buying nothing in the merch store, Richard. I'm not buying no stamp stuff, man. Nah, nah, man. Uh, Richard, Richard also says that's a lot of slurpees. I'm assuming in uh, reference to Nathan Rourke's uh, potential 700,000 or any of the quarterback contracts, I guess. Did, uh, well, speaking I was gonna of- say, real quick, we'll talk about this offseason, but also I want to know all contracts because am yes. I, I'm thinking something like maybe that's why I'm, I'm blanking on why these guys are getting paid so much because like it's because the contracts are so meh, we don't know. If like if I'm finding out Andrew Harris or something's making like that or some other guys are making that, then it wouldn't be that bad. But if everyone else is making the seventy thousand to hundred fifty, and then you're paying these guys that, no, I don't think those guys deserve that. But 
Nathan Rourke, okay, I, yeah, seven hundred thousand. I would be shocked. I said four hundred thousand. That's if he never played again this year, because maybe the GM could be like, "Well, you really didn't play, man. Give us one more year, you know, to make it." But those other guys, really, uh, off season, man. I'm I'm ready. What the November twenty first episode? I got some stuff to talk about. And I'm I was so going to say also if because of the, all the play in the NFL so far this year, Nathan Rourke might be making three million dollars being a starter in the NFL next year. I, I think a certain Broncos team that paid like 400 million for somebody could definitely pay Nathan Rourke a million for a year and do better. There's what a lot of teams probably lining up for him. <laughs> well, let's talk about a quarterback that recently signed a new contract and that's Taylor Cornelius and the Edmonton Elks who are hosting the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, have the Elks officially been eliminated from the playoffs at this point? I don't think so. I think, uh, are we sure? Yeah, no, they haven't been eliminated yet. They've got a or no, sorry, yes, they were against Winnipeg yes. last week. Sorry, yep, they right. were. Yes, okay. I, I thought at least one team had to be eliminated at this point. If not, that was insane. So, uh, yeah, the Elks playing for pride, playing for next year at this point. Uh, the Argos are currently first place in the East Division, probably looking to lock that up over the next week or two here. Uh, uh, they should be able to with another win, I think, here. Um, what's big storylines in this one for you, Adam? I'm looking for some, just out of uh, Edmonton, essentially, I'm looking for just some clues for next year. I mean, we've seen Dylan Mitchell. There's a great story about him on CFL.ca or on, uh, it's either there or Three Down Nation about uh, him and his uh, demons before uh, getting up here. But you know what? Good on him. And uh, I'm, I kind of cheer for the guy. I hope he does very well. Uh, so that's one piece that I want to see kind of keep developing as we go along. Same with Kevin Brown. Uh, a few other pieces in Edmonton's side that I really want to see is their defense. Also start to pick it up a little bit and see if they can do something. And of course, it's Edmonton. I want to see them win a game at home. It's been way too long. I mean, there got to be a great wager to be made on uh, Edmonton right now to win at home. And I bet you it probably pays out pretty well. Uh, on the other side of the football, I want to see Toronto start to get healthy again. Uh, still lots of injuries over on the defensive side of the football going into the wrong time of year to be injured. Uh, again, Whit McManus is probably questionable in this game from what it's been sounding like. Uh, a few others in uh, Toronto that are banged up and some guys are just kind of playing unhealthy or just playing kind of a little bit hurt because they have to. They ain't got nobody else. So I hope that Toronto can get some stuff going here, get healthier, get out of this game uh, on the right foot. You still got to win this one because you still also have uh, guys chasing uh, uh, people down uh, in the East. They're still Montreal still on you. And uh, technically Ottawa still has a chance for home playoff. I just wanted to bring that up again, uh, but you know what? Yeah. Get healthy, get this game over, take the W move on to the next one. But again, don't take Edmonton lightly. They've been better over the last few weeks. Uh, they could easily pull off a game here and win this one against the Argonauts, and quite handily if they can, except for it's at home, so probably not. Trey, what about this game? But before Trey hops oh, in oh. here, uh, first of all, I love the chaos that Ottawa can still potentially host a home playoff game here after the disaster that this season has been. Uh, we're also being rejoined live by people tuning in to the hockey action, the MWJHL action on the Game Time TV networks. Hello to everybody joining us here again this evening. We're currently talking Toronto Argonauts versus Edmonton Elks. 
this upcoming week. Uh, what's the big storyline for you, Trey? Well, to the people listening, uh, if you recognize my voice, I've been helping Mike the last couple of weeks. Uh, so hello again. And uh, maybe I'll get a solo game here whenever Mike decides that I'm ready. I don't know. It's been kind of, I have, I, not quite there. Mike grades really hard, really, really hard, really tough guy. But to this game, my whole storyline changed just about three, four minutes ago, whenever that timestamp was uh, about 440 or whatever, 44. I want Cornelius to play like a $350,000 quarterback. That's what I want now. If that's what he's getting paid, go out there. I know he's a Langley, Langley guy, like what, like 6'5". Well, he looks huge. Like, you know, he could just fall over and get the first down without doing anything, really. Ah, I want to see him play like that. And yeah, they're out. But the other side, so Ottawa, sorry, no, Toronto. This game's in Edmonton, right? So who's going to get the home win first, Ottawa or Edmonton? Because they're both und- uh, not undefeated, uh, winless at home. And, you know... Would you give it to Ottawa or Edmonton, Ryan? Hmm. I I think I think Ottawa has the easier matchup to be able to beat Montreal, but the, it's also a home and home series, so that's tough for me. Yeah. Um, whereas parlay Edmonton, that. Adam was saying the money on Edmonton. Parlay that with Ottawa winning at home and see how much that pays. I'll buy you yeah. a shiny new tractor, Adam. I'm sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> it it's interesting. I don't. I've been saying this again, and I'm going to repeat myself. You could just honestly clip this one thing and replay it every time, and this is what Trey's things are. The East needs to do something. Yes, I I would give – whichever team comes out of the East is probably going to have the better chance of winning just based off of a lot of things. But I want one team for one year to be like, you know what, we're just as good as those teams in the West. Prove why we need two divisions. Prove it. Prove that three East teams are better than the fourth team in the West. Prove that these teams are just as good. And I don't want no 9-9 team winning a snowy game against the juggernaut team, you know? I want an actual team that can do something. And this is Toronto's chance to do it. Yes, Edmonton's got a lot to play for. Chris Jones is, you know, trying out new turtlenecks for next year, I'm sure. he's got. There's a lot going on. But Toronto, Harris is done for the year 100%, is he? Yeah, okay. Is Banks back in? Yeah, okay. Banks is the guy I said. Banks and Harris were the two guys I said they signed for this time of year. Banks is the only one left. He's got to do something. Uh, Bethel Thompson needs to do something. They need to do something. Dinwiddie, you got pretty eyes, but you got to do something, man. Just go out there, win a game. You got Montreal and Ottawa, you know, playing. You got Hamilton still with a chance of catching you. You need to solidify your chance as the top dog in the East. Welcome to the six. Drake started from the bottom. Now we here. And not let these other teams, you know, come back up, right? But if Toronto loses this, what are they like? Are they even at ten wins? Or are they just at ten wins? Not even ten wins. They're they're on the cusp of being the nine and nine team, somehow making it to the Grey Cup again, even if they win the division. Be a team that has double digits. Be the team. So then, if you do face BC or Calgary, your standings are about the same. That's what I want. If they win three straight games to end off the season here, they're sitting at 12 and six on the year. That's a pretty solid record for the Argos, right? Like, it, it, do, if you look at them, do they look at like a 12 and six team? I'd say for the most part, they look similar to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are 14 and two. So, really? okay, oh, that's fine. Okay, I wouldn't put the East quite there yet, and Toronto's included in that. And but I, I don't even know contracts apparently, so don't ask me. <laughs> 
I, I, put a, I, put I, put contracts. Uh, I was just going to bring up Taylor Cornelius's 2023. He's paid 106 for signing the contract uh, this year, as, but it's counted for 2023 contract year. And then 238 and hard uh, five in hard money. So 245 he's getting paid. So sorry, I'm $5,000 out. <laughs> Unacceptable, Adam. No, it's pretty good still. Uh, no, but I for Toronto, I just, just to clarify, Toronto, I think for the bulk of the season has looked Winnipeg-esque to me in terms of a kind of sloppy football team that's still come out more often than not on the right end of the results. Last couple of weeks, I think it's trended in the other direction where, where the Bombers have put, the, you know, strong games together. Uh, so I think they've separated that a little. But I like Toronto out east. I mean, nine and six record at this point. Like I said, three wins to get to 12 and six. That's a respectable record, I would say. That puts them probably in competition with BC and Calgary for the second best record in the league if they can do that, uh, which is exciting there as well. But big story for me with Toronto is, is the MOP for Toronto Boris Beatty? Because it almost seems like every single time their offense gets rolling and rolling and rolling down the field, McLeod Bethel Thompson threw for 352 yards against BC last week. They put up one touchdown through the air and then a Chad Kelly two-yard plunge. Boris Beatty kicked three field goals again. We've seen them kick four or five field goals a game frequently this season because they put the yardage up, but they just can't get the ball in the end zone. So... Uh, you're now facing an Elks defense that's one of the lower ones in the league. We saw Winnipeg put up three touchdowns real quick against them last week. This is an opportunity, if any, for McLeod Bethel Thompson to start getting those touchdowns on the board this week, I think, for for the Argos here. So that's what I'm watching on that side of the matchup. On the Edmonton side, yeah, it's just who's going to step up and be a player for next season. And uh, I just, I'm excited to watch Dylan Mitchell play football, man. Like, this is now, what, five straight games with at least a 35-yard catch for the guy? Last week it was a 59-yarder. He put up another 100 yards. You know who he reminds me of? Bryant Mitchell, a guy who was one, turned into one of the top receivers in the league for the Edmonton Elks two, three seasons ago. He actually then, I think he went off the NFL for a shot, got injured there, signed back with Winnipeg. Uh, I think maybe during the pandemic, but didn't stick around because uh, he had other career options for him. But that was a guy who came onto the scene late in the season and took over a monstrous role. This guy has started, what, one, two, three, six games so far for the Elks, and he's at 548 receiving yards on the year. Like that, That's pretty solid on, on a football team that we don't consider to be the greatest offensively. So that, for me, for a team that has no playoff odds going out here, I am just looking at, uh, I'm looking at, you know, who is, who's going to step up. And and I think Dylan Mitchell's that guy. And I want to just see how high he can take it this season because uh, six games and he's already the 24th best receiver on the season. What's happening over here, guys? I was asking Trey if he could top me up with some Coke, but apparently he can't. He's kind of, oh, hey, hey, no, <laughs> we're trying to keep it away from the children, Trey. <laughs> Well, let's move on to our final game of the week. I'm on vacation, boys. This is just purely, you know, volunteer at this point. (laughs) Don't take anything I say literal tonight, people. (laughs) We're happy you came to join us here, Trey. I thought it would be fun. I want to to see Ryan's face when there's that little load before I load into the show. I want to see that face where Ryan goes, wait, is that Trey joining? And it happened, and I loved it. (laughs) 
always unpredictable. I love it. Uh, well, let's always talk- unexpected. I expect the unexpected with me, boys. It's like yeah. Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Winnipeg, BC, NBC, first of two meetings between these two teams in the final three weeks of the season. Uh, biggest storyline, uh, I'll go first here for me, is that uh, Winnipeg is resting probably a number of starters. We know Zach Caleros is not going to play. Uh, we know Drew Brown is going to get the start at quarterback. Wouldn't be surprised if Dakota Krukop does as well. Get some playing time in there. And so we saw down the stretch last season where the Bombers, outside of that early loss to Toronto, were a dominant football team all the way through, and then the rest of the starters. And those games were rough. That game against Montreal late in the season last year was the worst game of the season. Um, We'll get into betting lines later on, but it's interesting that both teams uh, by different sites are considered the underdog in this one. And the big thing for me is this seems like it could be lopsided because I think these two teams are very similar in caliber of the team when the starters are there. And you got a BC team that's playing for their lives for a home playoff game here in that race with Calgary for second place against the Winnipeg team that just really doesn't care right now. Their concern is keep people healthy, go into the bye week, get people back from injury maybe tinker and, you know, get some reps in in the final game of the season at home against BC and then get ready for the playoff game after another bye week. So uh, it's a weird last month here for Winnipeg. And I'm interested to see, you know, BC has a full opportunity because of this to take first place in or second place, sorry, in the West division. So we know Nathan Rourke's not going to play this week. It's going to be Vernon Adams Jr. What does he do with potentially his last opportunity? This is a guy that's bounced around a number of different football teams over the years. And every time we think he's going to be the starter, like you trade for Trevor Harris in Montreal and he takes over the starting role. Like, are you kidding me? Like Vernon Adams is the worst luck almost outside of Nick Arbuckle of any quarterback in the CFL. And well, now both of them at least are getting a start here. But if Nathan Rourke does come back in the final game or in the playoffs, VA potentially free agent going into next year. What's he going to, what's going to happen with him? So uh, he's got to come out here and have a good game here for, for the Lions. And that's what I'm watching here in this one. Uh, What about you, Trey? You say that Vernon Adams needs to play for his life, but do you think Drew Brown wants to be staring at Caleros' butt all next year as well on the depth chart? Probably not. He wants to go out there and say, Hey, those teams that don't have a quarterback, I'm a really solid guy. Hey, what happened to another backup on the Blue Bombers that we're not allowed to talk about because of Adam? He's on the he he got his pension in the NFL, I'm pretty sure. And if not, he's really close. So, you know, oh, he's one more game. Mm. Zach Wilson would be uh, will be busy with Giselle and uh he'll be able to slide in on the practice roster if you've been following Twitter. But um yeah, you know, I I've hemmed and hawed at this line, and this was interesting because uh I asked Ryan, what was our referral cold again on Betstamp? Because a horse racing buddy of me uh, asked, what's the locks on CFL this week, Trey? And I said, honestly, if you can get Winnipeg as an underdog, I'd take that, even with the backups. And he said, oh, I'm in Ontario. I got Dynasty Kings. I, it's their favorite. And I'm like, ah, you're out of luck then. Because if you get Betstamp, you can see the odds that, you know, may favor you. I told him that. And um because if you get up as underdog, oh, it's hard to take the Bombers as an underdog. Even with Drew Brown, we saw him for what that couple of drives there when uh, Caleros had the concussion or concussion protocol that would have saved Tua's life probably. But, you know, there's – and then 
And even if Prukop goes in, we see him. What did he throw? Like a nice dime for 30 yards or 40 yards? Those guys, these guys are guys that I wouldn't call them starters, but they're definitely that tier. I, I wouldn't be as shocked to see them play with like Arbuckle and Cornelius and that kind of level of guys that still haven't proved themselves, right? If Calaris goes down, I'm not I'm not crying. There's more players on the bombers that I'd be crying to get hurt than Caleros, even though he's the high paid guy, the MOP, this and that. But I think Drew Brown can go over there and throw 250 yards like Caleros does and gets a touchdown and throws a pick and Oliveira does, you know, 80 yards. That's what's been the winning recipe. So you're telling me Drew Brown can't do that if Caleros has been doing it all year? It's kind of hard, far-fetched. From BC's side, I want Vernon Adams to ball out and get a contract. I was high hopes on him. I was an idiot and argued with Derek Taylor on this show about him. I still have nightmares about that. You know, for people who are watching this, as a kid who just grew up and just instantly got thrown into this and got told, hey, Derek Taylor's showing up, that was not expected. I did not mean to argue with the guy. Accidentally did. And I, I put my neck out for Vernon Adams. I want him to do something and get a contract so I can DM Derek Taylor and be like, <laughs> screw you, man. <laughs> you know, do something. You remember that show you went on because your buddy Adam? Yeah, I told you. Vernon Adams is the guy. If he goes and wins, like, we have this argument about Nathan Rourke. I almost want Vernon Adams to go win the Great Cup just so I can do that. But anyway, he needs to go out and do that. He's fighting for a contract. Even if Vernon Adams goes and wins the Great Cup, you think they're going to go with Nathan Rourke, right? Obviously. So, But Vernon Adams? You're telling me there's not eight other teams. I said Winnipeg has the 35-year-old quarterback. We don't know what Fajardo's doing in Saskatchewan or Saskatchewan wants Fajardo. And the East, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the East teams just scrap the guy they have and take someone better from the West. I wouldn't be shocked. He's playing for something too. Maybe not Montreal. He probably wouldn't go back to Montreal, but I'm sure he'll go to the other three. I don't know. Uncle Gary's a pretty nice guy. Maybe he'll float him a contract, but you know, that's what I want. And you said some injuries are coming back on BC. It's going to be a tight one, but this is going to be one of those games. I hate this game. I wish these were almost switched. I wish this one was in Winnipeg because, because I would rather start Caleros today and just tell the season ticket holders in Winnipeg, see, we're throwing them out there. You guys can watch the MOP play and then he'll rest in BC in two weeks. But now you have this weird case in two weeks. You're going to rest your starters. And we talk about this. It's kind of weird. You rest them. But how many season ticket holders or tickets are going to be like, mm, but I want to see Zach Caleros. I don't want to see Drew Brown. Mm, I want to see Oliveira, not, you know, the other guys. I want to see Willie Jefferson, not the backups, backups. And that's that interesting thing where, you know, GMs and, well, Wade Miller and Walters and O'Shea are going to probably have a phone call every day from now until the last day of the regular season. Ryan or Adam, whoever was next. Yeah, no, this game here, I mean, you're talking about Vernon Adams Jr. I'm just taking a look. I think he might have be under contract for next season. So he might still be a, a, a BC Lion next year. I can't remember. I know the last contract that he signed, he signed for, uh, I think it was three years for $1.5 for the whole three seasons. Uh, so I don't know if that one's still in effect or if it's another one, but uh, nevertheless. But it's also not guaranteed, right? Like his contract's no, not guaranteed. Yeah. So if you've got Nathan Rourke for next year, like are you going to pay Vernon Adams that much? No. And then he you also have probably O'Connor maybe too. Is O'Connor going somewhere else? Um, Pimpkin, I'm not, he's not a starter, but he might go find somewhere else for a better opportunity. So it's such a weird yeah. thing. 
Yeah, that's the thing. And that's why I don't like one-year contracts in the CFL because you never know who's going to be anywhere, anytime, anywhere. Like, it's just weird, weird, weird. So It's fun in uh, February, not fun the rest of the season. Absolutely not. Exactly. So, and then if you're a CFL fan, this is a diehard and you want your quarterback to stay, you know, more than one year uh, so you can buy yourself a nice looking jersey. It'd kind of be nice if they're there for uh, more than one year. Anyway, on this game here, what I'm looking at is two things. One, we know how you thought, uh, Trey, about Nathan Rourke possibly going and playing and getting injured again. How long do you play Dalton Schoen in this game here uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I mean, he's been an absolutely pivotal part of the offense this year. And if he get if this, it doesn't matter on the score or what do you do here? Because in fantasy, that could be a huge issue if all of a sudden Dalton Schoen or Nick Dembski get pulled uh, fairly quickly in this game. Uh, Trey? That's why I said I wish these ones were switched. I could justify them playing in Winnipeg. Like I said, you want the season ticket holders to be happy. You want that casual fans to be happy. Look, we're putting Caleros out there for a half, showing for a half, and then when they get up, well, they probably won't maybe against BC, but they get up by 10 or 20, then just, you know, scrap it, right? And then now it's Drew Brown and Orange Leary and, you know, everyone else. And they'll even say, hey, Trey, do you want to come play O-line for us for a little bit? You know, because we don't want to risk anyone else. Nick, I will always say yes to a beer, man. DM me. If you don't my Twitter, DM me and I'll find you. But anyway, um, he's going to buy me a game. Oh, at the Lions game? I'm at the Lions game. I thought that was the Stamps one. My bad. Um, But um, I wish these games were switched, right? Because then you could justify them playing them in Winnipeg, right? But you can't justify playing them in BC plays. (sighs) I hate it. Because the only person I ever take out on Madden is a starting quarterback when you're up by a lot. And maybe the running back if you got a guy like, you know, top one. But I know Madden's not real life. Because <sighs> you can play a receiver without them getting hurt more, can't you? Maybe? Than a quarterback? Yeah, I don't know. Kelly's can happen at any time, man. Just ask the Rough Riders. Because, like, would you say that, like, are you going to take out Willie Jefferson and the D-line and those guys, too? At this point, are you going to take Legio out? Because if he gets hurt, your kick game is gone. Like, I don't know. Like, where's the line, right? Buzz and Boomer, man. We got to make sure they're healthy. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I get what you mean. I'm just saying it's on the same side on the BC side, though. You pull Nathan Rourke because he could possibly be hurt this season. Like, you know what I'm getting at, right? That Again, because it comes down to overall dollars. If Caleros breaks his ankle, God forbid, he might retire this year anyway. He's 35. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt. It, it, it doesn't really overly hurt the dollar. Like I feel bad for him breaking his ankle or whatever he might do, but he doesn't, it doesn't hurt the bombers overline overly. It doesn't hurt his overline. If he never plays again, Nathan Rourke's got what, 10, maybe more years left of playing football. Hopefully, unless he, you know, is like Fajardo and Andrew Luck, but you know, that's the difference, you know, and it's the tough line. How even Oliveira is what, 28, maybe now it's tough. He's at the end of his running back career. Do you keep putting him out there? Running backs, if they make it four or five years, that's a blessing in disguise, right? And if you – again, this is a conversation Dalton Schoen would be having with his agent. If his agent's like, hey, man, I've got some calls from a team from Washington, you know, Chicago, Tampa Bay, or Indiana, you know, things like that, he won't play when he doesn't have to. But if his agent's like, yeah, the NFL's not calling, man, I better play – then he'd be playing, right? That's the difference. That's where I'm looking at. 
Yeah, well, the way I'm looking at it, too, is probably Dalton Schoen is going to get an offer from the NFL this year. I, I can't see how he won't because he's a receiver that just absolutely blew up in the CFL. They're going to give him some looks anyways. I don't know if he'll actually stick, but he will get some looks probably down south of the border. Uh, in this game, though, the two things I'm look, really looking forward to is, yeah, how Winnipeg manages uh, this whole thing of uh, being uh, – essentially not playing really any meaningful. And I don't want to say this because BC is certainly a meaningful game for them. Uh, they go at Calgary right hot on their heels and uh, need to, to keep ahead of the Stampeders. So they're going to try hard to win this game, obviously. Uh, the side on this is uh, on the Winnipeg side. How does Michael Shea get his team motivated and going and up and ready to go in this game? Uh, when there's really not a whole lot that they're going for. I mean, they've got the West final locked already. The tickets are being sold to season the ticket holders already. So to me, it's pretty tough to uh, to go and get a team motivated. Now, that being said, I think Mike O'Shea is one of the best coaches in the league to get teams motivated, no matter if it's 16 or if it's a meaningful game or if it's a 48 to nothing drubbing of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ugh, I know about that one after Banjo Bowl. Anyway, and then still calling challenges during the fourth quarter when three minutes are left. Thanks, Mike. Anyways, uh, yeah, that you know that's what I'm looking forward to in this game is how does Winnipeg manage the game and what does BC need to do to get over the hump and beat one of the best teams in the league? Well, let's move on and talk about fantasy for week number 19 here, guys. And uh, Trey's got the emotional support giraffe back again to uh, to help get through the fantasy segment. Hey, you had a great week as, as I pull things up here on the screen, Trey. You had a great week last week with your uh, your band of misfits. I mean, man, it oh, squishy down, that boy. Um, you know, it's something different, man. I can't believe it either. I was watching... I don't understand, like, because Prukop got the touchdown. Tuck had a couple points. All I needed was Mike Miller, man. I, if his tackles counted, man, I might have won. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was pretty crazy because it allowed me to have the three best receivers and Dembski shown and Gittins Jr., right? And they just went off. And, you know, it's one of those weird fantasy things where I have a pretty stacked team on my NFL team. And I'm one in five or one in four or whatever it is. I am shocked how bad I am because every time I play, I end up playing the highest guy with the score of the week. And I'm second highest. And it's just ridiculous. It's fantasy. I, I, you I know that, right? You know that. Yeah. We all know the fantasy pain. I just started two hockey seasons, man. I forgot they started this week. Like they had two games in Europe and, oh, man. And you got to change the roster every day. Uh, just, I, want it, I want it to be NFL season again already next year. Well, uh, CFL Fantasy League matchups for this week. I'm the, I'm the only one left with a matchup in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. Adam, unfortunately, you lost last week. Trey felt just short at the end of the regular season. Uh, semi-final matchup, me versus Superfan Mike. Never beaten him in a matchup. I think 0-4 all time. Never made it to the finals. Looking to do both this week. And uh, we'll see if we can come up with some good fantasy plays. Uh, and... Uh, you know, part of me doesn't want to give away any of my cards here in case he's watching, but uh, I will continue to do my service to our listeners and uh, present uh, a number of different CFL fantasy options. I just may not clue in on exactly which of the handful of ones I like I'm going with. Got to keep a little bit of ambiguity as we go along here. 
And that we also have, while well, I get the, uh, the the charts back on the screen, because they are ready to go again this week. Uh, Adam, you made a couple uh, interesting moves uh, right before and during the show just a second ago in our uh, CFC Fantasy League. Tell us about it. Well, it's time to blow up the Saskatchewan CFC team. I mean, in the last few weeks, I think I've almost deconstructed the entire team that I had because, frankly, Trey's getting me annoyed that he's beating me. So I went and decided that I'm going to go and mess with him a little bit. First things first, we dropped Tommy Stevens off, and it ended up picking up Drew Brown of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm sorry again, Saskatchewan. Don't don't, don't just throw me out of the province. I, I It's just fantasy. That's all it is. So Drew Brown, I picked up here and we'll go through some of these as we go through fantasy because there is a fantasy also for CF, uh, for the CFL weekly fantasy. I hate to say it. I picked up Drew Brown for him too, uh, for it too, because I really believe that he might just have a pretty good game against the BC Lions. And if he does, well, guess what? He's a very cheap option this week. And uh, yeah, go from there with that, uh, Ryan. Yeah, let's talk quarterbacks here for week number 19 of CFL Fantasy. Uh, your most expensive one that is going to start is Taylor Cornelius. Uh, I didn't include Zach Caleros. I didn't include Nathan Rourke uh, for obvious reasons on Rourke. And Caleros is not playing this week. All the way down to your cheapest starter is going to be Drew Brown. This week, I don't love Cornelius at the price because he's facing a tough Argos defense. I'll say that right away. Then you're looking at uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson seem against that Elks defense. You know, he threw 350 yards last week. If you think this is the week he could get some more touchdowns on the board, you're looking for about 23 points out of him. He's averaged 15 in his last three games, so a bit short of that. But that's with not many touchdowns. If he adds those, you're getting there. Uh, Trevor Harris against Ottawa seems like a decent matchup. Uh, he's good for a solid floor, but doesn't break out for big games too often. Uh, Nick Arbuckle, despite what I thought was a good game for him in the win last week, I uh, only actually put up 9.4 points. So I'm kind of still down on Nick Arbuckle, especially with, uh, all of the guys who are out due to injury. You mentioned Drew Brown. It was an intriguing one when I saw that he was starting this week. He's $7,000 in fantasy football. It's an intriguing play there on Drew Brown. But how many starters are the Bombers resting versus the BC Lions? If it was a drastic price difference, I'd do it. But Vernon Adams Jr. is only uh, $715 more expensive on a team that needs a big win here in their playoff home playoff game hunt against a team that's resting a bunch of starters. So if you're going for the cheapest quarterback play, I'm spending that extra $700 probably to go Vernon Adams Jr. here uh, over Drew Brown. But uh, why, why do you like Drew Brown here? You mentioned you had him in your lineup there, Adam. I know I muted myself. Uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I like Drew Brown for a couple reasons. One, he's still going with all the starting uh receivers uh, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and again that's Dalton Schoen that's Nick Dembski that's uh Ed Bet uh, uh or uh I can't pronounce names today apparently uh that's with Orange that's still with a few other guys in there that are just it's a, still their first line, uh, first team offense there you still got your first team uh protection there with Stanley Bryan with Paul uh, with uh with Newfeld 
with all the other guys in their couture. So to me, I think that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are still the better team out of these two. I don't know if Vernon, Vernon Adams has not shown up for me on game day when it's a big game. I have not seen big game VA. I've seen big play VA. But uh, big game, not so much. So to me, I really do like uh, uh, Drew Brown over Vernon Adams just because of that. I know the $715 uh, seems crazy that I would go for a guy that's playing for really nothing uh, other than contracts next year versus a guy that's playing for uh, second place in the West. But that's my reasoning. I I don't really... uh, I think Vernon Adams shows up on big games and I'm sorry, Richard in the chat, because I'm sure you're about to tell me where to go with that. But nevertheless, I just, I don't have much faith in Vernon Adams in a big game. I, he's at home, but even then I just, I'm, I'm not very confident in Vernon Adams. No, I agree. My, my three top picks would be Vernon Adams, Drew Brown or Dakota Pro Cup. And I lean away from Vernon Adams for exact same reasons. Adams said, and Richard, Oh man, bachelor on vacation. I'm sorry, the wife and kid. One kid is here. The other three had school, so couldn't come. So no bachelor vacation this week. Love you, baby. Anyway, um, but back to fantasy. I'm between Drew Brown and Dakota Prukop because the only reason I lean to Prukop is they're probably going to put him on those third downs and shorts. They're probably they 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 already run some gadget plays already on him on those second and medium short i'm gonna say four and less kind of plays and they might go heavier on that now with uh brown in might test some things out for playoffs so i'm between the two bombers uh, pl- uh quarterbacks there i'm staying the heck away from anyone dane evans and up i'm not wasting eight grand on a quarterback right now yeah Prukop. Mm, i no that's it no sorry me again vernon adams is the highest i'd go ryan you're the expert man yeah, Prukop would be tempting play potentially. I agree with what you're saying there. If he gets those rushing touchdowns, it pays off for you. It's not one I'm playing in a semifinal matchup in a playoff game. I'm not taking that chance. I think there are a ton of great value plays at running back and wide receiver this week that, uh, you know, even if I'm going to save money, I'm going to go with the guy who's who's been the starter. And, and I know I have that level of confidence in, right? So, uh, but there are a lot of good options, I think, available here as well. Uh, how about for running back here? We've got Kadeem Carey as most expensive starter at 88 89 All the way down to the, uh, the, uh, the cheapest one for the week is Jackson Bennett, who gets the start for the Ottawa Red Blacks here uh, this week with Powell and Williams out due to injury. Uh, a couple of question marks potentially, uh, currently on depth charts and stuff along the way. Uh, Adam, what do you, what do you have at running back this week? I'm going actually for the most expensive guy and the least expensive guy in this week. Uh, Kadeem Carey, I think will have a pretty good game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, they didn't see much against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and that's namely because Saskatchewan didn't really have a running back in there. They had Jack Cooper. They just, it was a ragtag of misfits in the uh, in Saskatchewan. So I uh, I have a funny feeling that uh, Kadeem Carey is going to come out and really play a pretty good game uh, in this one here. Uh, on the other side of the thing, Jackson Bennett. He's Canadian. I think that he knows that he can run the ball very well. Uh, if you want to know in CFC, uh, while this show was going on, I picked him up because I had Keenan LaFrance and I think he's on the six game injured list. So I said, well, why not? 
So I've got Jackson Bennett this week. And the other reason is Montreal's defense, traditionally, if you can get a running back to actually go, he goes pretty well. So they didn't have no luck with William Powell last week. Jackson Bennett doesn't have any film really on him that I know of. So to me, I'm going to go a little crazy, I know. But again, I'm playing for mostly the lulls right now. Uh, Jackson Bennett and uh, Kadeem Carey is my choices this week. Uh, Trey, you want to run through your uh, running back choices? West Hills and Greg McRae, and I'll stop there. He'll stop there. He says no more Uh, because West Hills had a great game, and I'll try hard to get the after-game interview for with him uh, for the show. I'll go stand by the end zone and be like, hey, man, you want to do an interview for the podcast? He'll probably say no, but that's okay. I'll try. And then McCray, he gets those weird plays. You know what I mean? He'll get those weird sweeps and this and that. And because he's now as a running back, everything he does at receiver also counts, right? So, you know, he gets those two and only 3,500. And, you know, like Adam said, how long do you guys like Schoen, Damsky, Orange Leary, or whoever else? Because I'm, I'm convinced that if Ellingson comes back, where does he go? Who does he take out? You know what I mean? Like, who does he take out? So the bomber receivers, so if they take them out, McCray might be that guy who gets an extra – extra load in the backpack going in that second quarter because they take guys out. So Greg McRae, watch it, calling it. He says, yeah, let's move on. You know, I just want to bring up one little quick thing here from Richard in the chat. Uh, If I had a lot of proof, I'd prove it. I'd throw it in Adam's face, but I don't have. So I will just hope that he can show up. But here's a really good point that he's got here. My argument for taking Adams would be that I'm curious how many defensive players are out. And that's a very, very good point. Uh, The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are actually banged up a little bit also on the defensive side of the football, being the Jackson Jeffcoat's not there, the Adric Hansen's not there. I'm sure probably if they can give uh, Adam Big Hill a break for a game, they're going to do it somehow. Might even be this game, you never know. just there's a lot of guys that are banged up over on the uh, Winnipeg side of the football on defense. So, hey, you got a good point there, Richard. I have my fantasy already chosen up, though, and I can't afford the extra 715 bucks. So that's why I'm going Drew Brown. Can I touch on Richard's next comment on why not Olet or thoughts on Olet? I'm just not sold on Toronto. You know what I mean? There's no team in the East I'm super, super, super sold on, right? Like, and he's been that weird guy where if he gets the passes, yeah, he'll get the points. But if he, he's not getting the rushing points, right? So, ooh, I wanted to take Olette. Where is he at? 55-47. You got to remember one thing also, though, is uh, Edmonton's front line defense has really improved in the last few weeks. It's not what it was in the earlier part of the season here. They've been able to get pressure on quarterback and definitely pressure in the backfield. I, I'd i be a little more nervous than I used to be on AG, or on Edmonton, running against Edmonton. Not as much as before. Like, I mean, before I'd say, yeah, by any means, take whatever quarter or running backs against Edmonton. Now, not so much. Uh, they've had some good, again, good help from the defensive line. That being said, what are you doing, Ryan? Because we never heard from you yet. Edmonton's the only team out-out, right? Yes. Right. So, in a nine-team league, do you even consider them out-out? 
like I'm sure that they want to like still win, right? Like it's one thing if their last two games were against out of conference, out of division teams in a 32 team league, but in a nine team league, Chris Jones wants to win. So I don't know if I go with Olette, right, Ryan? I also actually I'm on board with Olette this week, guys, because uh, Edmonton does have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Yes, you bring up the point, Adam, about maybe their defensive line has been getting better, more pressure on the quarterback lately. That's exactly what you want if you have A.J. Olette because more pressure on the quarterback means more dump passes to Olette. Like, reception points are huge for fantasy running backs. You want the guy that's going to either give you a ton of touchdowns and not get them stolen by the back of quarterback, or you want the guy that's going to catch the ball, and that's what A.J. Olette does, so... I don't like him when it's a tough matchup against another team, but I do like him at 55-47 for his price. He's averaged 14.3 points in his last three games. That's right below Kadeem Carey, who's about $3,000 more. He's got a juicy matchup, so I like Olette potentially this week. We touched on the what's going to happen with the Bombers and how many players they're going to rest and stuff. That screams prime opportunity to put James Butler in the lineup to me because... I don't think Bombers have been very good against running backs lately, even with everybody in the lineup. And Butler started the season off strong. He had a terrible middle of the season. Now he's gotten back on track with uh, 15.7 in his last three games. So uh, if BC all of a sudden does get up big time in this game, they run the ball a lot with James Butler. Yeah, I like that potential play there. Not sold on standback. He doesn't really get involved in the receiving game, and I don't know if that's going to translate at his price right now until he proves it when he eases back in. Kevin Brown, I like what he does for Edmonton, but how does that injury play into it this week? I'm a little more nervous. He wasn't an immediate start for me against the Argos. Um, Wes Hills is a tempting one to put in my lineup, though. I made that claim earlier. 20-plus carries for him this week, and I'll pick them to go to the Grey Cup out east, right? So... Uh, that that shows how high I am on the ability of West Hills. And if he's only going to be $5,500 and he can put you up 15 points, then that's what I'm looking for, basically, from a running back. Uh, Greg McRae, you make a tempting claim there. Uh, I had steered away from him originally, but, you know, the talk of our receiver's going to rest, that could maybe play into things there for me. But also Jackson Bennett at $2,500 against Montreal, who also doesn't have a good run defense much like Edmonton, uh, as cheap as it can get. I think he's looked good in the times he's filled in for them. You can't really, you're not risking a whole ton there. Uh, Jackson Bennett's a potential real good value play this week. So uh, there are a lot of options I actually like at running back. And uh, depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out, is probably going to decide which of these guys I go with because there's some big price, some low price ones. That's about as much info as I can give without locking into a pick. I think I did pretty good there, guys. Uh, yeah, there we go. I uh, got to keep some ambiguity, but uh, if you go with any of those guys, I think you will have a good week. Uh, wide receivers for this week. Uh, the most expensive is Eugene Lewis at 107.59. There's a couple guys up there in that big price. Nick Dembski crossed $10,000 now. Tim White's still up there. Uh, I'll scroll through the list here. Um, let's go back to you here, Adam. What are you looking at at uh, wide receiver? Well, I'm going to be going pretty cheap this Well, I guess reasonably cheap. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, I have to have him. He's going to be like my Dalton Schoen eventually going through this uh, this uh, rest of the season here. Just because, again, you know he's good for one big play and usually ends up with a very good game. 
for whichever time he can. So definitely I'm looking at Dylan Mitchell for sure. Uh, another one that I'm looking at is Luther Hakanavanu. Uh, yes, I did learn how to pronounce names somehow. I don't know how, but they, once I could do it. Uh, looking at him this week, uh, 20, or he's 3465 bucks. You got no Malik Henry this week. You don't have to Kamar Jordan. They got to throw to somebody, and I think Calgary's going to throw the ball, so why not to him? Uh, the third guy that I'm looking at this week was my pick last week, and I thought he did pretty reasonably good for a first game in the CFL, and that is Alexander Hollins. Uh, I picked him up also in the CFC Fantasy because I've got a lot of faith in this guy. Uh, until you see Lucky Whitehead healthy, he's only 2500 bucks. He's had some, he had a big catch last week. I think that he's going to have some more as he gets more comfortable uh, with Vernon Adams. So to me, this is a rookie that a guy should keep an eye on because you never know, this might be your next Dylan Mitchell or Dalton Schoen or any of those guys. I looked at Dalton Schoen this week. Remember the days when he was 2,500 bucks and we all used to go and laugh and <laughs> picking him because we Pepper were just Farms like, remembers. Yeah, Pepperidge Farms remembers. So does Stewart Farms. Anyways, uh, now he's, what, $9,383. Ah, if that guy isn't Rookie of the Year and Receiver of the Year and whatever of the other years that you can give him, I don't know who is. So uh, hat tip to him. I can't afford him this week. Uh, I'm going to go with the three I just mentioned before that. Trey, what are you doing? I'm staying away from depth skin showed like 100%. Way too much price. Actually, right now, the roster I have, guess how much I have left in save, uh, salary cap. Guess. $1. Oh, $69. Oh, wait. I got to put my defense in. Let me, let me, can I put the Saskatchewan in even though they're on their own buy? No, yeah. I can't. Um, <laughs> There's so many other defenses at the same price, though. I have nine over 9,000 left in salary cap right now because this is my receiving core as of now. I'm going to go with Devarn, Darvin Adams. Holy, I should not be on the show right now. Um, just going with that because I'm interested in what a kind of a team – like that game could be big because that's playoff implications, right? You know, Ottawa's fighting for a chance. You never know. Other way I'm going – Janari Grant could get some return game. And like Adam said earlier, how long does Dembski shown go? Well, who are they going to put in if those guys get taken out? Maybe they're all-star kick returner, right? And O'Leary. No, that's not his name. What's his name? O'Leary Orange. I was right. Again, another guy who might get the ball more if the top guys go out. So I'm going to go a little bit that way. Lou Bomber's defense, as of now, it might change that because I got tons of salary cap. But I'm looking at nine grand as extra space. So I get a point per grand there, uh, Ryan, Commissioner? I, I wish that was the way it works because I'm much the same this week. I mean, most of the lineups I've tinkered with, I've actually still filled out most of the cap space. But a lot of them are like, man, there's too many good value play receivers I want to take that I can only fit so many of them in and then I have so much cap space left, right? Like, there are a lot of good value plays, but I'll start higher up on the charts. Uh, with Reggie White Jr. out, they're facing the Red Blacks defense. I'm almost tempted to try to fit Eugene Lewis in the, at the most expensive price at the uh, threshold of 26.9 points because it's a big game for Montreal to lock up that home playoff game here as well, right? And, and uh 
officially end things, I think, for Ottawa. So that's a little bit tempting for me there. Uh, again, like you guys said, I don't like taking any of the big bombers receivers right now. Uh, a guy like Dominic Rimes is potentially tempting for me. If no Brian Burnham, no Lucky Whitehead, you're facing the Bombers team that's uh, not starting all of their starters in this game. You know, Rimes seems to still be the go-to guy for uh, Vernon Adams Jr., so I potentially like that play there. I think somebody earlier on in the comment section asked any Argos receivers or any Argos you're keeping your eyes on this week. I struggle with the wide receivers because they're just, they have so many good ones across the lineup, right? Like Curly Gittens Jr. seems like he should be a good play against the Elks. And if you believe they're going to have a good game against the Elks defense, but he's also had a lot of games where he hasn't really hit his $8,600 price. So I'm slightly iffy on those. I'm generally scared to go with an Argos receiver unless it's a super cheap one, but I don't think any of those plays are available right now. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, this is the one where I'm struggling, where I want all the cheap wide receivers, but I got to put Dylan Mitchell in because he's currently climbing up to Nathan Rourke status as one of my favorite players in the CFL. Uh, I'm not saying Hall of Fame, but one of my favorite players in the CFL. So uh, 65.58. His price went way up. I still think he's worth it at that price. Couple Ottawa guys again. They're missing a lot of players this week. So uh, Ryan Davis at 58.62 should be one of the most involved receivers for the team, and is also scheduled to handle kick return duties. Which I like that little bit of combination of those those points added as well. Or Justin Hardy. Is he going to get 13 targets again this week? I don't think so. I would be shocked if he gets that many again, but he should be good for a high volume of targets if they truly believe in him. So I like that play also. Uh, going down the list, we're close to the end of the... Again, so many value plays this week. Do you go with a Calgary receiver like Akunavanu, like Sean Bain potentially getting the start there against Hamilton? Tyson Philpott's an intriguing one, like I said early on in the show, though. 31-86, he's finally in a starting receiver role in the place of Reggie White Jr. He's facing against that Red Blacks defense. I kind of like that. And that would be one of the more tempting value plays for me is him because I truly believe he is a talented player and going to be a star in this league in a short time. Uh, Brendan O'Leary-Orange, you touched on him there, Trey, 2,500. Served well for the Bombers, could get more of a role this week. Uh, a couple Ty Cats receivers in Keandre Smith and Anthony Johnson had a couple good games filling in the last few weeks. And yeah, if I'm believing in BC, going to have a big game against uh, half the Bombers team out there, then Alexander Hollins at 2,500 is a tempting value play if you need the cheapest possible wide receiver there. And it worked out well for Adam last week. So perhaps it's worth taking a chance on this week. Uh, defenses. This week, uh, most expensive one is Calgary at 47.72. Edmonton, Hamilton, and Winnipeg all down at 3,200. Let's go to you here first, Trey. Uh, Which defense uh, catches your eye? The poll said I got to cheer for Hamilton. That's that's the way it goes. I got to go with Hamilton, I guess. Uh, Adam, you? I'm debating it a little bit here. I want to take Calgary because I think that they're just the better defense out of anybody right now in the league. But the other thought is that Toronto's playing Edmonton and Toronto traditionally can shut teams down as well. 
And with Taylor Cornelius, once in a while, he has that moment where he decides he's going to throw a few uh, footballs up like it's a bouquet at a wedding. So I think that I'm probably going to go with the Toronto Argonauts defense, but we'll debate it here a little bit. I might even still consider Calgary's as well. Ryan, what are you thinking? I think you got to talk to the type yep. yeah i wasn't sure uh, i wasn't i thought i bumped my microphone it's good now right yeah we're good yeah okay i thought i bumped it but i wasn't 100 sure so then i just took a guess and i took the wrong guess um that is the high quality you get here on the canadian football countdown uh defense this week i struggled i went i i think i'm thinking toronto as well against the elks although cornelius doesn't throw a ton of interceptions anymore the argos are that big play defense so i like that one uh Montreal against Ottawa potentially at 3300 but they're boomer bust more often than not I feel like you're getting like a four point week out of the Alouettes there BC against Winnipeg I feel like I'm picking on Winnipeg a lot here because one team's for playing all their starters the other's playing a lot of backups all of this is going to depend on depth charts also once they come out and even then I don't know if the depth chart is going to tell us a whole ton for Winnipeg because you're going to see guys listed out there that may as starters that may only play a quarter or two, right? So uh, it's tricky to manage that defense. I don't have a strong take on leaning Toronto uh, Hamilton. I, I like them, but Calgary also doesn't give up a ton of sacks, right? So that seems like that's some points being taken away there. So yeah, if I have the money, I'm probably leaning Toronto. Otherwise, if I need the cheapest play, I'm going uh, probably Montreal or BC for defense this week for me for fantasy. Well, that does it for our fantasy segment. Now we'll move on to our betting segment here. Our picks against the spread powered by BetStamp. Uh, BetStamp is a free app that helps you find the best value for your online sports betting wagers, provides you comparisons of odds across a variety of different sports books, including the BetStamp Best Recommended Odds, which we'll be using for our CFL picks against the spread here today to uh, make the picks that are going to help maximize your return if you want to follow along with them. Uh, which you can learn more at betstamp.app and sign up with referral code CFC to help grow the show and let them know we sent you. I will just switch over the screen to pull up the odds here in one second for us. A couple of different screens I've got to manage along the way. And I got to I got to jump in here. Richard, this is Squishy. He is my um remember those old Canadian commercials about the North American house hippos? Remember that? This is my North American house giraffe. It's Squishy. I found him at Steinbach Walmart. He is basically my best friend. He's my favorite kid out of the, well, three actual kids I have in him. Um, I'll post, I he got to meet a real giraffe today at the Calgary Zoo. I will definitely add that picture. Um, yeah, th- th- this guy's my best friend. He sits with me. It's so bad that I'm 27 and I have a stuffed animal. But honestly, he is my best friend right now. He sits with me everything. He's got his Calgary Zoo hat on today that we bought for the baby. I love this guy. I had to bring him on the trip. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, he he loves the attention too, just like me. He's an attention whore, just like me. I love it, Trey. Uh, expanding the podcast team, uh, a valuable member. Unofficial mascot. 
right? Like, honestly, like, what yeah. else do we have? Like, other than the gophers that Adam talks to for his uh, betting picks that are kind of meh for we, the year. We had a frog at one point. One day, uh, many episodes ago, Mike and I were recording uh, together in person, and a frog hopped into our studio uh, it turned it into a whole logo. It uh, it ran the Twitter account for a week. It was a, it was a gong show. But, you know what, uh, so animals but, yeah. are the best, man. Just spending a day at the zoo. Animals are the best. Like just the best. On a side note, the uh, roar that I used to have that used to give me information for bets and for fantasy, uh, I had to let him go also because he just he just wasn't doing much for me. So now I ask another bird, but. Uh, He's uh he likes poutine. Don't know why. Well, let's get into our picks here against the spread for this week then. And uh, let's start with uh, a game uh, featuring a, a team with a bird logo. Uh, what do we got here first, Trey? Lead the way, betting expert. Just real quick, the rage. I have to say, my kids know that I love Squishy more. Like, I literally just called my son. I have two older sons that are back at their mom's house. And I called them, and I had to tell them about how much of a good time me and Squishy are having. Like, that's all I talked about. So they even know how much Squishy matters to me. But to this game, this game is interesting because we talk about the – how can I go from Squishy to now betting seriously? I can't. But this game, we talk about – do you really think Ottawa's going to get their first home win? But do you also think that uh, Uncle Gary is going to be right on a guarantee? it's kind of the battle of the ease right now, right? So um, I'm going to take the cool bet at 1.84, Montreal minus three. Just because I have no faith in Ottawa winning at home, do we really think the change of head uh, head coach slash OC is going to change their record at home? Probably not. I mean, watch Adam and Ryan disagree with me like always. But, uh, Ryan, what do you think while Adam's taking a break? If the Red Blacks win this game at home, put the Bob Dice statue outside TD Place Stadium because the long streak. Oh, Adam had to change. Oh, boy. Okay, we'll get into this. Adam did a quick outfit change. That was smooth. Um, Yeah. Ottawa has lost at home so many times in so many different dumb ways along the way that I'm just not going to pick them to win this game at home, especially to win the both sides of the back-to-back. I'm not going to take it. As much as I believe, I want to believe in the whole Ottawa's going to make the playoffs here thing, they're so banged up due to injury that I'm not confident in it. I'll take Montreal at minus three and uh, agree with Trey because apparently that's the, the correct thing to do. So uh adam uh tell us about your new wardrobe well let's put it this way i've made fun of the ottawa red black so many times this year because they can't win a game at home uh or you know most times away from home as well so i kind of felt bad about it and you know what i know one thing if the ottawa red blacks end up beating the montreal alouettes twice here or once i guess and then end up beating the hamilton tiger cats twice and the Alouettes keep losing, that means Ottawa's getting a home playoff game. That also means that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders could be playing Ottawa at home in Ottawa. And you know what? At the moment, I got to cheer for my team, the new team that I always love, the Ottawa Rough I mean, uh, Red Blacks. And, uh, you know, I'll go Ottawa. I'm going to take the Red Blacks. All right, so Trey and I will be another game ahead of Adam after this one. <laughs> what? moving on to the next one Trey you're going to this game 
Yeah, I am. Um, I gotta take Hamilton plus seven and a half real quick. I even if Calgary wins this, I cannot see Hamilton winning by or losing, sorry, by more than a touchdown. They need this game to try to get on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How many teams other than Ottawa and North America have had three names? Like, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're going back a hundred years, like even Atlanta with the Flames and then the Thrashers. Not many have three names within like a 40-year span, right? Only Ottawa. But um, this game, unless the white McMahon rabbit runs for 200 yards, I cannot see Hamilton losing by seven and a half. Adam, what do you think? I want Hamilton to lose by seven and a half, but in all honesty, I don't see it either. So I'll go it this way. Hamilton will cover. Calgary's going to win. But I just don't know about the uh, – and there could be a very good possibility Hamilton might just pull it and just win this one outright. But I'll take Hamilton to cover for sure on this one because I just – this game means everything to Hamilton. Calgary, they're in the playoffs, so it's a matter of second or third. It means lots to them as well, but I don't think it means as much as actually making the playoffs. So uh, give me Hamilton to cover. I think Calgary will win. Brian? It doesn't really matter what I pick because I'm going to get it wrong because it's a big spread anyways. So do not take any confidence in my pick on this, but I'm going to take confidence in history here and go with the Calgary Stampeders to cover minus seven and a half at home after a bye week. Their record, their record over that uh, over the past decade is absurd in that. I think maybe it's dropped off a little bit in the last few years. But this is a team still playing for a lot. They're playing for the home playoff game. They're here as well. So uh, as much as, again, I'd love to see West Hills run all over them and a big win for the Cats here, I think Calgary's going to be well-prepared to take this one. If it makes you feel any better, Ryan, while I was picking, uh, Mrs. Kulbeck, who's sitting over there off screen, texts me, says, no, nah, you're wrong. Calgary's going to win by eight. And, you know, the amount of time she spent with me with, Horses, football, other betting. She should know a thing or two, you would think. So she took, she's going with Ryan. I'll add that. All right. Mrs. Colbeck, uh, squishy stepmom um, to the list here, uh, is taking. Uh, well, then Ryan. it's tied 2 2. What's the consensus pick for the week? Are we calling Mike in or is Squishy making a pick? Either that or the coin. What game is this? Squishy, he's got the Calgary Zoo hat on. He will take Calgary. Let's go. Take any betting advice from us with a grain of You know of what? Salt. My favorite <laughs> podcast. Is just proud of us right at the moment. My favorite podcast, um, Tony Kornheiser's show. If we know him from PTI, longtime colonist. He has, he, I don't know where he gets this thing from, but he has a monkey picks the NFL picks every week. Picks four games. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if it's a generator. I don't know if there's an actual monkey at a zoo. They say they go down to the Washington Zoo and a monkey Reginald takes the picks. And that monkey is over 500 uh, right now. So doing better than Adam in CFL, mind you. But <laughs> so just saying, just saying, and if you watch TikTok too, there's a dog who uh, you throw a basketball, little mini basketball at him and he hits it and it goes in the hoop. He's over 500 too. So, you know, just saying. So we got Ryan, Squishy and Jasmine on Calgary. Let's go. And I should also add that, uh, 
that dog there also picked Edmonton to beat Colorado in the West Finals. So, uh, yeah, take that dog. It's a new season. We don't talk about last season in hockey anymore. It's it's gone. It's over. Sorry, Adam. All right, moving on. Next game here, Saturday doubleheader kicks off in Edmonton, hosting the Argos. We got Edmonton at plus six and a half. Toronto at minus five and a half. Trey? Next. Skip. Skip. Skip ad. Let's go. Netflix is changing the skip ad. Let's go. This is an awful one because you... Let's see here. Cool bet. Cool bet. And then Tony bet. That's a tough... I thought this was... Was this this bad when I texted it to you guys the other day? What did I say the other day? Did I say Toronto like an idiot? (laughs) I'll take Toronto because I feel like that's what I said in the group chat earlier. Oh, man. I want to see what I said. And then I'll go off it. Adam, you go first, man. I want to see what I said first. One team is playing for jobs. One team is still playing for an East final. Give me Toronto. Right? Simple as that for me. Edmonton's at home, so this is going to be a disaster for them. So I'm taking Toronto at minus five and a half here as well. Uh, as much as I love the Elks, uh, young guys right now, uh, give me the Argos to lock up first place in the East. Although I think they might need Montreal to lose to lock up first in the East this week, but one step closer for Toronto. I'll take them to win this one. Uh, Trey, I think you took Toronto when they were at minus four and a half uh, earlier. Are you still taking them at minus five and a half now that the you know lines what? have changed? Finding out that Corn got whatever three hundred fifty million or three hundred fifty thousand. Sorry, I'm going to take plus six and a half only. Ugh. Only because I'm really trying to clinch first place on you guys. Really trying hard. I'm close. Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half Edmonton. Let's take it. Let's go. Let's go. Squishy, you agree? Yeah, he agrees. Let's go. Uh, $350 million, by the way, if you think that was his contract at the moment. That was uh, seven years of the entire CFL cap for every team. I mean, that was a slip, man. That was what A-Rod got for about four years on the Yankees, man. Let's just move on. That's how much he's got in his wallet, probably. Sorry, so you moved that six and a half. That was what it was for Edmonton. Okay, six and a half. Trey. I don't I don't have my fancy setup, so I gotta actually write it down today. So <laughs> make him do well on vacation. Uh, last game of the week's Winnipeg in BC. This is one I mentioned earlier. Tony Bet has Winnipeg at plus two and a half. Bet 99 has BC at plus two. A lot of the other sports books, again, are, are flip-flopping back and forth. If you're line shopping, use bet stamp to see. You probably want to take the one where your team is an underdog, where the team you're taking is an underdog, because that will pay out more. Um, Trey, what are you thinking here on this one? Richard. Richard. Richard's a beauty. I love Richard. Makes a beautiful point. Bombers are 0-2 before going into bye week this uh, this year. But are they going to lose by two and a half is the question. I'm going to take Winnipeg, and I'm going to say that because I told my buddy, Ace Barnsdale, lead correspondent for my new job, uh, Harness Links, take the Bombers if they're underdogs. So I can't be a liar to my new boss, can I? No, can't. So Ace, if you're watching, take the Bombers plus two and a half on Tony Bet. You don't have Tony Bet in Ontario. You said you had Dynasty Kings. I don't know what they are whatever plus two and a half i it, you gotta take the bombers if they're underdogs don't you boys uh adam what do you think 
But just to jump in here real quick, because you mentioned the different regions, the, the the odds we put up on the screens on the video feed, these are based, I believe, based on the Manitoba uh, allotted uh, sports books that were, you know, that you see up here. Uh, there's different ones, obviously, in different regions. So uh, if you use the bet stamp app, you can you can see the, the same on type of odds we're looking at just the ones you're actually able to bet on. really quick richard's comment trey the true gambler i'm a 27 year old walking around all day with a stuffed giraffe and i've gambled that my girlfriend won't leave me so yes <laughs> i'm a true gambler man we we i walked around no lie the baby was sleeping the stuffed giraffe was on top of him in the wagon that we rented at the calgary zoo because squishy had to be involved I sent you guys the picture of him in the TP at Medicine Hat. I'm the biggest gambler in the world. Check my Twitter this weekend. I'll be all over horse racing in Calgary. I expect the unexpected. Uh, we talked to Ryan. Who did, who, or who do we talk to yet this week or yet? Uh, uh, Adam was next year. Adam, game. let's go, buddy. I'm looking at this one here, and as the gambler, as the song goes, you got to know when to hold up and know when to fold up. And I'm going to fold up on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week. They're playing in BC. I'm I'm getting more and more convinced to try to figure out how to put Vernon Adams on my roster just because Ryan is now scaring me. So I don't know, but I think I'm going to probably go with the BC Lions this week. They're playing for playoff spots, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are playing for... So I think I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh, sorry, the BC Lions. What a plot twist. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to agree with Adam. I'm going with BC at plus two here as well, uh, because I will, again, I've said this probably 10 times today. I'll go with the guys on the team that is going to be playing all of their starters and playing for a lot here over the team that is, uh, uh, resting a number of guys, including their starting quarterback. So, uh, I'll agree with Adam here. Uh, give me plus two for the BC Lions from bet 99. So this means the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will win this game by probably 13. Okay, yeah, recap. We're all over here. So the first game, Montreal and Ottawa. Trey and Ryan took Montreal minus three. Adam, you took Ottawa plus three and a half. I want to make sure because you've questioned me a couple of times. We have had a couple of challenges in the off uh, in the week off game two. I, me and Adam took Hamilton plus seven and a half. Ryan... Jasmine and Squishy took Calgary minus seven and a half. Game three, Adam and Ryan took Toronto five and a half minus. Trey, the gambler, according to Richard, took Edmonton plus six and a half. And the final game of the week, game four, I'm the only one that thought Winnipeg would be plus two and a half. You guys thought BC plus two. That's a weird line, eh? Both teams underdog by the best line. And to Richard, so the real question is, when does Mrs. Colbeck get a vacation? I know we're on vacation, but I do have to work this weekend. I do have another job at a horse racing website, and it is finals weekend in Alberta. So I do have to work this weekend. So why does she get one if I don't? Like That's the question. No, but she works real hard. Uh, I had to carry the baby all day today in one of those little, like, things that, you know what I mean? Those... Yeah, I had to carry him on the C train like that, and he was not ha- – well, he was okay, but whatever. <laughs> cool. this C- I forgot all about the C train. The C train is great. Like, I just, I'm going to take that to the game tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's Friday. Right? My week is all thrown off. I'm going to take that. They even had a little Stampeder logo on it, so I'm like, I better have to take that one. 
Oh man, Manitoba, we're we're trying to build those uh, bus lanes right now or bus transit. It's not gonna work. <laughs> well, in the city of Saskatoon, they're trying to build bike lanes, so you know. Don't even get me started on bike lanes. If you want a bike, just go on the sidewalk, man. Like I don't care. Get. I'd rather you hit a kid than me hit you. So go on the sidewalk. Like just get. Actually, except for there was one time I'm pushing a baby stroller with, like, my oldest son, and there was four kids, two on a bike, one on rollerblades, and one of those little scooters. None of them got off the sidewalk so me could push my kid. I had to get on the grass. Okay, you kids get on the road. But the, other than that, the bikers, uh, yes, Richard, my girlfriend, actually, I, fun fact, we'll go a little personal later. I have three kids. Each of them have a different mother. And uh, I'm not going to get into anything, but my current girlfriend, she's my $600,000 tractor, right, Adam? Like, she's mine. Like, I'll, I will, I'll ride that every crop season, every harvest, every whatever. That's the John Deere I want to be driving. It, she's the best. I love you, baby. Baby, I love you. She just waved. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> this is a two-hour episode, boys. I am sorry for making it that if it was me. Well, we might as well hang out for another three minutes here to officially make it two hours and make it the longest episode I think we've ever had, right? It's been good, though. We've had a lot of good discussions on things. I'll lose a bit if of we sleep, could give a, If we can give a fan of the year, I know um, we have a Chris. Chris is great. Richard, Trace, Tangents are the best. I love you, Richard, man. If I ever go to BC, man, I will buy you beer, burgers. I'll buy you a jersey, man. I don't even care, man. Like, I love you, Richard. Just find me, DM me. We'll meet up. Yes, uh, very, very happy to have Richard here with us in the chat every week and all the other folks joining us here along the way as well. And I agree, Trace Tangents are the best. Uh, I, I could listen, we could do a whole episode of the podcast probably each week just talking about random topics, and it might be one of my favorite hours of the week. I thought about that for Grey Cup week, man. Like, I'm doing nothing in November, so if we want an episode a night, Great Cup Week, I'm down. Even if it's just me, me and Squishy talking about how Milt Siegel looked on the panel, we'll do it. Awesome, awesome. Well, in terms of what's coming up on the podcast next week on Monday, we've got our Week 19 recap coming up. We'll uh, recap each of the games, talk players of the week, power rankings, who knows which tangents. Uh, we're going to go on there as well. 9 p.m. Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Adjust your other time zones accordingly. And then as we mentioned off the top of the show, Thursday night next week, we're back to Thursday, or we're on Thursdays every week going forward the rest of the season here. We'll preview the games, CFL fantasy talk. Hopefully, fingers crossed, but we'll be taught previewing my uh, fantasy championship matchup if I can get past Superfan Mike this week. Uh, and we'll make our picks against the spread again. That, then also... At 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan, uh, live on uh, all the different platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod, on Facebook, facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well at CF Pod Network. Uh, my camera just disappeared, but I think my audio is still here. Yep, there we go. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I guess it didn't. Want, almost didn't want us to get to two hours here, guys. 
but uh, Trey, where can people find you uh, and everything else you've got going on? <laughs> if you have no self-respect and you just don't care anymore, follow me at Twitter at Trey MB Harness. Uh, I just joined Harness Link, a website for harness racing. Um, I will be covering everything Century Downs. For people that don't know, Century Downs, Calgary racetrack for harness racing. Super finals this weekend, so I'm going to be annoying as heck on Twitter about that. Uh, I might have been invited to call a race. I might have been invited to talk in between the races. We don't know. Will Squishy be there? Find out. Got to find out. You know, got to bet some money to find out. So everything harness racing. I love harness racing. Horse racing, boys. We talk about sports all the time. But add a horse to it. Say football, but you got to throw the football to a horse? How much more exciting would that be? Heck of a lot. I love horse racing, so that's me. I I do uh, some hockey calling with Mike at, at MikeGarrell.com, uh, at MikeGarrell Mike on Twitter and his Game Time TV. Still waiting for him to give me the shot. He doesn't believe horse racing can translate into hockey. I'm trying to prove him wrong. So follow me there at Tramby Harness. Adam, where can they find you and all your tra- uh, tractor shenanigans? Well, you can find me at Adam Stewart One. You can, uh, yeah, take a look there. I went and uh, got to run a pretty cool tractor today, so I think I'll have some pictures there eventually of that. And uh, yeah, I've got lots of other stuff going on. I know I'm going to be busy soon with uh, with hockey as well. I know I do quite a bit of broadcast for senior hockey around the area in Saskatchewan. I'll be doing some play by play as well. So hey, if you want to listen to my annoying voice, by all means, come on down. Take a listen and uh, you might enjoy it. You never know. Uh, the other part I just wanted to bring up really quickly before anything else. Hey, uh, Mr. Bezos, if you're watching and want an alternative other than uh, putting those games on Thursday Night Football, we're welcoming you to do this stream live. We'll ask for only half of the uh, coverage of bills of what you pay the Thursday Night Football crew. If you pay us the ha- uh, half of that, we'll be glad to do this broadcast for you anytime on Thursday nights. Ryan? You know, just real quick, you know how much they paid for that? He paid hundreds of millions, man. And this could be the NFL or uh, the CFL countdown hating on NFL episode after Grey Cup, but they paid millions. And what was the score? Was it 12 9 or did they get more? 12 7 was the final score. You can't tell me this two hours of chaos we've had here wasn't more entertaining than that. If Ottawa Montreal scores more than that, because again they both had four days off. Okay, Montreal. Well, actually, Montreal and Ottawa would have had less time off, being a noon game on Monday than Sunday afternoon, right? So, if Montreal um, Ottawa scores more than twelve seven, could we make the argument the CFL is better? Can we make that argument? Like in a way, like ooh, twelve seven is. Definitely crazy, Matt. Oh, at least it wasn't Russell Wilson. Does he have the Monday night this week, he though? He does, yeah. They keep giving them to, to the Broncos. Walmart gave it. Okay, tell me Walmart doesn't have some deal with the NFL right now. Tell me that. But anyway, Adam, or Ryan, sorry. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CooperTrooper42 if you want to talk CFL, CFL Fantasy, NFL, NFL Fantasy. Uh, again, Getting big into the NFL, although games like this 12-7 one uh, hurt that a little bit. But uh, it's still fun to watch. Uh, we, the real quick, real, real, sorry, real quick. 
with the new Mario commercial coming out, can we talk how awesome Koopa Troopas are? Like, oh yeah, yeah. The, by the way, did you guys see those? Did you guys see those commercials? The penguins are unreal, unreal. <laughs> I can't top that. I can't argue that. I watched the trailer for the new Mario movie multiple times and uh, enjoyed it on each run through. I, I don't care how bad Chris Pratt's voice is. Those penguins and uh, and uh, Jack Black as Bowser or Bowser made it, made it, hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate it if you do all the fun things like comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show, uh, send us comments, questions, topics you want us to discuss along the way as well. We always appreciate all of that. And on behalf of Adam and Trey uh, and myself, Ryan, thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.